Thor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Master Daniel Piscina. Get over here to Video Game Bullshit. Welcome to episode 125 of Video Game Bullshit. So much bullshit. Oh yeah, so much. Dude, Dude I can't believe this 25 is. episodes since we this restarted is. this. This is... The series finale. <laughs> I skipped on <laughs> as you were getting excited too. <laughs> I was too excited. I get too excited sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, been twenty five episodes, and in classic bullshit fashion, we always consider every twenty five a season, um, just because keeps it a nice little round piece. Um, and you know this episode we will talk about um the art of tackling the backlog and it kind of will you know shoehorn itself into the year in 2023 what we've been doing um because you know it's you know we're running into december and it's the end of the year basically anyways so yeah we may or may not have time during the holidays um to record as much as we would like to but we're able to record on the weekend after thanksgiving so winner winner chicken dinner chicken (laughs) chicken in the wall turkey dinner turkey in the wall dinner (laughs) (laughs) all craziness so um so what is going on tristan i'm looking at the ticker what is going on more and more books buddy i know i know you you you're like buried in books too but uh i got a huge shot of motivation this past week and uh uh, like I was stuck on the Nintendo Wii, like uh, doing that library for probably over over a week, and I, I finally broke through that that uh, that wall, and I even knocked out the PlayStation Three, which was exponentially worse. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the Mega Beast. The Mega it was Beast. horrible. <laughs> my goodness. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, like that is. That's a it's a wild beast of a of a um, task that you're you're putting through putting yourself through. Like <laughs> well, I, I just keep telling myself you only have to do it once. So you you know once it's done it's done and I don't have to look at it again or work on it again as long as I do it right. As long Til as the do next it right. idea. Til, <laughs> the next idea. Well, it uh, presumably like the next project that I'm working on, and I actually do have an idea of what I want to work on next. And maybe I'll spoil that this this uh, episode. But um, generally, you know, we're not going to start a new project unless it sounds like fun to us, right? So yeah. it, it sounds like a lot of fun, and I'm actually looking forward to starting this new one. Yeah, I mean, I know you alluded to what you're doing, and it sounds cool as hell. Like, it sounds really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of little little projects, uh, Metroidvania Chronicles. Yeah, like, we're going to talk about that because I think that's in a future ticker. Um, so, but what's going on is, um, Thanksgiving just happened. Um, Mm -hmm. had a lot of fun, uh, got together with, uh, some friends out here on the Island and my wife cooked like for like a damn army. It was insane. Um, (laughs) it was, it was wild. Uh, also went inside, um, and, uh, into the building where I work, um, cause I had some soldiers working on shifts. So we made sure that they, you know, we talked to them. Uh, serving some food uh, yeah. for their families too. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we did that. Um, drank a lot, a lot of tequila. <laughs> like, you know, okay. it's so oh, funny, man. Oh. Like, I, I I hear people talk about like tequila being just like that two headed monster. Yeah. Like, you know, it just betrays you. Apparently, it's good to you, huh? 
Oh yeah, I like tequila. Um, we okay. drink a lot though. It was fun. Um, yeah. But but like I wake up in the morning, I'm like half woozy, and I'm like, ooh, I'm, like doing this, like like a Mortal Kombat character that's about to get finished. I'm like oh, did it, did it, did it, did it. It's kind of how it works. That I'm just sitting there like wobbly in the morning. Mm. Um, get a little food in me, and I'm I'm good to go. Good to go. Um, and you were saying that it was a uh, it was snowy out there in Nebraska. Yeah, here in uh, Papillion, Nebraska, we got some snow Papillion. yesterday. Papillion. It, uh, it wasn't a whole lot of accumulation, but it was enough to blanket everything in white. So, I mean, it started to look like I, Christmas. I, I definitely said it's looking Christmas out here. It was a brisk 90 degrees yesterday out here on the <laughs> island. So, like. what you're saying is you're going to have a, a white Christmas, cold. just like me. So cold out here at 90. Yeah. No, it's just. It's a temporal climate out here, man. Like it's it's wild. That's why I'm always wearing the Hawaiian shirts. Uh, definitely. Um, while I would like to visit people who have snow, I don't think I would want to live in snow. <laughs> Having to deal with uh, scraping windows. And- yeah. So as as somebody who has lived in the Midwest, um, you know, over 20 years now. I mean, off and on. Like I spent about seven years in Texas too, but Midwest about 20 years. I'll just round up. Um, I don't, I love this place, but when it comes to the winter, um, and, and being cold and miserable, I am such a wuss dude. <laughs> and you know, people are always saying like, I'll just put more on. No, dude. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, like, I will be later. hot. I, yeah. Uh-uh. I'll be hot all day long. And, and yeah, that's kind of like gross too, but being cold is pain. It's painful. Yes, you can't. You yes, can't convince is. me that being hot is worse than being cold. Well, and to me, the older I get, the more my bones hurt with the cold. So, yeah. like out here, I've noticed no like crazy bone aches out here because it's temporal. Like I'm not getting like I was even in Georgia, <laughs> where it would get down to you know 50. It wouldn't snow; it'd get down to like 40 or 50. The coldest, yeah. I still could feel it in my bones. And here, I don't at all. Spend. So this is why you're going to Florida after this, huh? Yes, but Florida is going to be painfully hot. So there's the mm-hmm. other side. Like it's going to be like really, really hot. I don't think I ever asked you. Uh, do you, I mean, do you know exactly where in Florida you're going to end up? Um. So my wife is obsessed with finding a mid-century modern home. Um, okay. where she's looking at is Lakeland. Um, which happens to be where Scott is like close to as well from premium. Okay. That's cool. Um, which is by circumstance, ironically, because when he said he was moving to, to Florida, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm out here. I'm like, that's like where my wife's looking. Um, <laughs> which is odd. Um, but really, my wife's looking in proximity to Disney because she's a Disney file and obsessed. So um, I'm kind of, you know, impartial. Like, um, I mean, it doesn't matter as long as I'm near an airport. So I can travel to conventions to hang out and do all that yeah. stuff. Yep. So I hear that. Yeah. That's kind of where she wants to, to move out to. It's a really nice area, though. Really chill, chill, calm area. That's where I'm going to be retiring to in a couple of years. And I am within my window now, so I should, in the next few weeks, be putting in a packet. And hopefully... Drop, drop those papers. Hopefully all as well. Like, I will figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... So this week's been a uh, quiet for stuff that I've gotten in the mail. I don't know if you got a bunch of stuff, but I, I definitely got a couple things. Um, one I'm wearing, which is 
Vampire Survivors T-shirt. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I know. I know how much you love that game. So that game was dope. so cool, and you know that goes into the backlog. Where this is a game you really can't beat easily without putting in hundreds of hours. This was yeah. Oh beat. yeah, man. Yeah, that was my comfort food throughout the year. So that was a that was a fun one, though. Um, the other stuff that I got, which was interesting, I finally got this. Mm, I still haven't got mine. <laughs> which, Stupid GameStop. Yes, so the button set for Super Mario RPG. Ironically, until I sent you the picture, I didn't realize that they sent me two Bowsers. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. So, you know, Weird. I got Mario, Mallow, Gino, Mario, Bowser, Gino, Bowser. and two Bowsers. They didn't send me a peach. Um, yeah. But it's still super cool that I was able to get it. <laughs> I just sh- I just went in to my GameStop where I pre-ordered it, and I'm like, "Hey, do I get um?" As I kill the Korok back here, um, I was like, "Yeah, do I? Uh, do you guys have it?" They're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, here you go." They never called me. They never did anything. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to do the same thing. I just yeah. it slipped my mind. I should probably go over there. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I got, the only other thing that I got was another NES game. This one is called. Torgman Adventures Part Ooh. 1. And it is a platforming game like a Mega Man. It's based on it's Torg Gaming Expo did this as an exclusive and I'm pretty sure Mega Cat Studios was the one who programmed this. Cool. So, um looks really really cool. I like it because it's in my genre of like a Mega Man looking game. It I love the artwork. Looks like a Mega Man, which I think is is super rad. Um and Torg has been trying to get me to go out there for like years as a guest. It just never lines up. It's out in Ohio. Mm. Um, and if you Google it, you'll get very confused because there's Torg and there's Korg. <laughs> there's two. So well, I know Korg is that like synthesizer thing, but is and that- then there's a Korg gaming expo as well. Really? Oh, yes. that's confusing. Yeah. Yes. Um, so there's two of them, and they're both in Ohio. They're both in the same area, and I, I don't know if there was like a separation or whatever. But the one from Torg, that guy was at Midwest Gaming Classic, chatting with them. Really cool dude, um, supporter of Homebrew, obviously, since he's doing a convention exclusive homebrew. Yeah. Um, think it's really really cool that they're still doing some homebrews associated with conventions. Um, because I know as premium, we try to do a couple convention exclusive Switch games, but I do like the NES homebrew too. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just love it. Love it and um, happy to support. Ironically, as we've talked about before, um, don't have an NES out here on the island, so that it's very funny that I can't even like play. Oh, geez, it. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think you mentioned that to me. I, I'm surprised by it again. Like, yeah, travel light, don't have a CRT, don't have an NES, none of that. Yeah, stuff. um, I play my retro on the analog pocket, so. Um, I'm pretty sure that the ROM is also available for free online. So if I wanted to sideload it onto my analog pocket, I could. Yeah. So that is an option. And then I still have the physical saved for the collection. So, dude, I, I, I would love to see your homebrew collection because I've got a pretty sizable one myself, but you've been doing it way longer than me. So, tiny bit. Yeah. Tiny bit. <laughs> Just might a little bit. Might, might have wrote a book on it back in the day. Yeah. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I got quite a few. Um, I, I have a whole shelf back in the day that was dedicated to it, including all the mm-hmm. um, limited editions and stuff too. Yeah. And is really fun. Um, speaking of homebrew, one thing I didn't notice was um, the 8 bit Xmas 2024 didn't go up yet 
Oh, dude, I actually, I meant to look, but um, yeah. wow, that's surprising. Usually yeah, it's up by Black Friday. Usually it's up by Black Friday. Um, some people were saying that it should be up earlier. Now let me just check just in case, because I have it saved. Um, yeah, 2023 is the only one that's up right now on his website. Very, very odd. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's very that's weird. Usually a yearly thing. I don't know if I bought 2023, though. I have to like think about it, because I was out um for 2023 like i was we went to disney uh the week prior and so i don't know if i actually bought 2023 it's they're all available online though which usually it's not but they like the last few years all the way back to the one that had the digital label all those ones before after that are up there I'm yeah sure. after that yeah. yeah for for the longest time he had the 2017 the the multiple label one um, yeah. and, and that was just, uh, you know, go through his stock. I'm sure. Um, 2017. Holy cow. I know. And right. Yeah, I have from crazy. the second year on, which is 2008 or 2009. Yeah. 2008 um, was the first one. Yeah. I don't have the first one, but I have, I think from 2009 on every It's one. just crazy how much those go for too. Like well, the early ones anyway. Well, the early ones, they only made a few, a few copies, mm -hmm. a few dozen, maybe a dozen copies. So they yeah. there was not a lot in circulation, and those are with collectors. So in other in other words, to get that to part from a collector's collection, it costs money. And then wow. Bunny Boy, dude, like I, I love that he does the uh the the pinups like every single uh release. That's sorry. Right. Yeah. One of the years I have the pinups copy. Um so yeah, I was one of the Nintendo Age members, and and I got her copy from her. Oh wow! Um, signed and all that. Yeah, <laughs> that's it was very just cool. Very interesting. Got it at a Nintendo Age campout back in the day. Like classic. Yeah. So, uh, so you you have all the Christmas or a bunch of the Christmas cards. Did you actually oh. get the uh, the boxes to go along with those? Because I can't remember what company it was, but they were actually making boxes for every single one of them. Yeah, oh, I do wow. remember the boxes. I didn't buy them because it was yeah. aftermarket. And I just, I, yeah. I, what I did was I had one of those classic black NES cartridge holders, the Nintendo branded ones. And that's mm. where I put all my, my actual um, 8-bit Xmases in each slot in there. And that's how I displayed those on the top of my collection. And then mm. I actually had another wooden one that fit perfectly for my top, like, 10 to 12 NES homebrews and on Hagen'sAlley.wordpress.com, my old blog I actually had my top 10 homebrew games and it turned into like top 18 or whatever it was. And that was like one of the most viewed pages of NES homebrews on the internet for the longest time. If you type in NES homebrew, it would type in yeah. my old blog and that link to that page for the longest time. And nice. they like, when I moved over to just Hagen'sAlley.com, that, blog went the way of the dog it's back now um it's there i don't update it but it is there for preservation's sake because i wanted to keep it you know as a you know kind of a piece of time back in the day but snapshot yeah and at the bottom of that page though it shows my um at the time homebrew collection and it kind of shows how i have those things displayed um i also have a lot of one-off stuff um there's one that i actually parted with to another collector but i had a couple of um legendary uh, non-released prototype homebrew games, um, one of a kinds that weren't even dumped, like Amazing. crazy, crazy stuff. Um, a lot of them go to like Ferris Bueller, Christian Dieter, and stuff. I'm like sure, that. yeah, yes. his collections, unbelievable. Yeah. And he's a buddy, so like mm -hmm. absolutely, such a good like, dude. Part with him to him, um, yeah. yeah, and 
like who else should have it but the dude who has all the aftermarket stuff i know yeah he's he's the guy he's he's the he's the man yeah and i think in um in a month or so we're gonna hang out because he's gonna be on a different island for a wedding and we're gonna try to link up a month or two yeah, I ran into him at uh, Portland. You know, it, it, unmistakable. He's always wearing that Bowser Jr. like uh, mask. Um, so, like, I went up and said hi. You know, he, he, like I was just gonna like give him a fist bump. He gave me his huge hug. Like, <laughs> that's what he does. Yeah, he's such a good yeah. dude. That's what he does, man. He's he's one of the best. Yeah. Um. So, um, what did you get? Did you get anything? I did um, a few things. Well, uh, so I'll, I'll save it for last, but premium edition actually sent me a uh, team member care package. So all those, uh, those games that you've been just lording over me, like the, the love three and Eagle Island twist. Um, oh man, I finally have them in my hands. So I, I opened them up as well, just so I could take a look. So I've got Eagle Island Heck twist yeah. retro. I've got the love three retro. And then uh, they actually sent me a couple of the standards as well. So I'll keep those sealed. The surprise in the package, though, and you can kind of see it here. I'll bring it a little closer. Is this Eagle Island live animal crate? Yeah, a live animal inside, which, well, you know, I mean, uh, you can convince my cats that it was a live animal. But Uh this is, um, oh, no, Kusiko is the the kookaburra, but I can't remember the eagle's name all of a sudden. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, we got the awesome box. Um, and Just then amazing. If, oh man. I'm so stoked. If I could request something, Tristan, since you have the retros open, can you show off your handiwork of printed arts? Absolutely. Yes. Because so, Tristan works on uh, manuals and he works on art books and other type of printed items within the boxes uh, and the CD soundtrack designs as well. And, yeah. He'll work on other stuff too, but for these, I know specifically those are the items that you you worked on. And yeah, these these two these I was cool. really <laughs> proud of too. Um, they and they turned out incredible. Um, you know, and I'm I'm a little biased, obviously, because I made them. But <laughs> <laughs> love three. Um, so we did an art book, uh, but you know, I called it 100% full clear. That's just like a speed running sort of. Uh, thing yeah but well, uh it, it I think has i took a very very rough um sample that i created for the uh the cover to make it look like an atari box and you went yeah. down with it i just made like yes. a i made like a a crazy really rough like for that for like the design i was like oh let me do atari uh because as an atari feel and it looks crazy. amazing <laughs> yeah and uh, you know we 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 saw that uh john hancock did a uh an unboxing video of both of these yeah. and um yeah he he mentioned how much he loved like you know the homages to all these like then old the school inside, releases the inside you went to town yeah oh this was this was very time consuming this has every single level and every single in and out and like how to how to beat every level so this is yeah. Literally a 100% full clear of this entire cartridge. And that's where like, like we we've done, you know, premium strategy guides of a similar nature, but that's what we call the mini guide that we, Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, Tristan and I've dubbed it like mini guides. So you literally get this inside your retro box and you have a guide. If you get stuck or you need to find something in the game, you just go, but here it is. And yeah. And well on your way. I had so much fun 
playtesting. Um, you know, obviously, since I'm doing the manuals and stuff for these games, uh, I have to play through it and, and be intimately familiar with them. So yes. Eagle Island Twist was no different. And I had so much fun with that game. Um, you know, obviously, like, you know, you take grain of salt. Like, I, I say that's a must have from us. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that about every game. But mm-hmm. Eagle Island is a game that everyone must play. And if you want a physical, this is such an amazing package we put together for it. Um, but the mini guide, and I, I managed to get my field guide branding in there, too. <laughs> nice. Field guide. But it yes. does look like a field guide. Yeah, that, that's, I, that actually looks like a field guide, whereas my books, not, not so much. Yeah, but, this uh, is like a camper's guide or something. Yes. Which is yeah, super so awesome. You've got the entire island on here. All of the level uh, names, it'll probably show up a lot better on on YouTube than it does on uh, mine. But obviously, I'm sorry, yeah. you listen, listeners on Spotify and Apple, we're showing off some stuff right now. So this is YouTube exclusive. Our podcast but, listeners, though, yeah. it does look beautiful, though, with all the different artwork. And use your descriptive words, Tristan. <laughs> My descriptive words. It's vivid. <laughs> Vivid, Vi- vivid, um, and vibrant. So, so on each page too, you're showing you did you broke out each level and I kind did. of a little bit of tips and tricks and gave premium strategies for each exactly yeah, on how to beat each awesome. stage. Now, um, if you show the um the retro box of Eagle Island Twist again too, this yes. is a direct request of Retroware if we could make it look like Secret of Mana. And so Mm -hmm. um, that is what we went with for the Secret of Mana style artwork Mm -hmm. for Eagle Island Twist. And I feel like it it perfectly showcases like a a subtle tribute while staying within the realm of the game. Super fun. Yeah. And and we don't skimp. Uh, I mean, like we went with a custom uh, and um, an indie artist, uh, a a friend of mine, Rachel Rice. um, And this was actually a canvas painting that she made. Which is Which, wild. Yeah, just incredible. Yeah. So that, like that's only like a third of the picture. The rest of it, I think I put on the, the inside of the soundtrack. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of how it is, too, is that usually we tell any artist to go super HD. And they always ask me, well, what's the dimensions? I'm like, I don't want you to skimp because a lot of um, non-designers but artists don't understand bleed. So we got to have mm-hmm. like overlap and has to go out and we got to have plenty of space with the outsides of the backgrounds. Um, yeah. Cause if you go too far when it cuts the box or cuts the page on the manual, it will show a white bar or something. So you don't want that. You want to look clean and nice and amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, super freaking outstanding. And I'm happy that you finally have these in your hands so you can show oh, them off. Oh, same. And then so I've, I've got a couple other random like treats. pickups that I just got from uh, Ben's Game Zone. Ben's Game Zone. Ben's Game Zone. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I finally picked up the uh, MLB, the show, 23. Oh, I'm God. a huge baseball fan. And just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I always wait until he gets a copy. So, uh, But I also picked up a uh, Super 64 Eon. So that I can play my N64 in uh, H era uh, on over HDMI. Nice. It's an upscaler. I just wonder if it'll um it'll work appropriately because <laughs> uh, I've been watching a few yeah. videos and a lot of these eons and other things they don't quite pull the lag out like they're supposed to. Um, they yeah. upscale the image, but they don't help the gameplay. 
Yeah, so um, I I haven't tried it out yet, but um, you know, nice. if I do, I'll, I'll make sure to mention it on a future. Fingers podcast. crossed. Yeah, the um the one recommendation that multiple videos are telling me to get, which again, it'll be two years from now once I'm back with my consoles, um, mm-hmm. is either the Retro Tink 5X or the more expensive Retro Tink 4K. Um, you're talking a $750 item for the 4K one. $750 retail. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like $325 for the 5X. Um, My gosh. Yeah. It's insane, but it they're like perfection. Um, I have an original yeah, Retro Tink from back in the day. I've, I've got the 5X Pro that you're talking about. And man, it's it's awesome. Um, especially if you use SCART cables. Yeah. Um, for like pure RGB uh, signal. So great. I'm pretty sure if you plug in your Eon into the RetroTech, you're good. You're not going to have any of that lag. Mm, I'll try that. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Yeah, like, because I think, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Eon should just allow you the connectivity to the 64 to a television. So that if you use that into the tank to, to process, you should be. Should be good. Should yeah, be perfect. Either it'll be good or maybe it'll catch on fire. We'll see. Mm, well, hopefully it does not <laughs> catch on fire, Tristan. You know, burning down of houses for, for retro gaming yet. Maybe later. I don't know. Like some retro gaming's kind of worth it, isn't it? Like what well, what's a game that you would play that like the you know, if there was like a one in a thousand chance that it would catch on fire, you'd still play it. Um, maybe to experience like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom the first time. Okay, yeah, that's a good answer. I would, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if I could replay Symphony of the Night, yeah, first time, yes, yeah. yeah a lot of these like first time experience. <coughs> I think, uh-huh. um, I think for sure, like, <laughs> crazy dude. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't have a fire extinguisher on on hand, but <laughs> we'll try to be smart about it. But sure. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny, too funny, Stupid. man. So great, though. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been a, been a wild week. Of course, it's only been a week. Like we still got a bunch of cool stuff in. Um, what do we got for any type of news? Um, I know we were talking. You know, Black Friday just happened. Cyber Monday is about to happen. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, and reality is, is that like nothing has really piqued my interest as a what i call a cool shit collector um i'm not gonna mm-hmm. be buying a lot of modern games at launch unless it's like a mara zelda like something that's like a, an epic game um so i'm i'm good to wait um nothing has pulled me out definitely not waiting in line hawaii is insane man like we were driving and uh there was a two mile all the way bleeding from from where the mall was to the highway, two miles down the highway, people waiting in line to get into the parking lot of the mall. Not even real. And I'm like, you're going to waste like $60 in gas to save 10 bucks on an item. Gosh, like, no, thank you. Like that was, it was, it was nuts. And I was going the other way to go pick up some, some cool stuff we're having designed for work for army stuff. Um, Cool wooden stuff. I'll have to show you. Uh, And, Local artists and whatnot. Um, yeah, local um, local creators, and Damn. had a uh, big old sign of the island of Oahu, um, with my units logo, um, our company custom logo, and then a quote for me as first sergeant, my name, and all that stuff. It's for my door, and my commander and I each bought each other one, and then we have oh, some yeah, going dude. away gifts for the soldiers as well. 
um, for when they leave the organization. So did all that. Took a while to come in. So that came in Friday. So we wanted to pick it up because otherwise it wouldn't be available till after December. And I got soldiers leaving. So we had to go pick it up. Um, But driving by, I see long line of Black Friday shoppers waiting. And I'm like... I can't do it, man. Hey, li- listeners, uh, just a, a little side note. Uh, so he's a, he's a first sergeant in the Army, yeah. active duty. Um, that's a good first sergeant. That's uh, that gets like go- going away presents for uh, for soldiers. <laughs> um, you know, I've been in units where they could give a crap less uh, about you leaving. Um, so you know that that definitely sticks with people. Yeah, and me being a, a creator, I try to get like custom stuff made by locals mm-hmm. so they can remember Hawaii and their time and some of my favorite places that I've served and I've been in almost 20 years um, is the places where I get something a little more meaningful. It doesn't have to be fancy, just something. Yeah. And yep. so that's what uh, my commander and I are doing. It's just something small. Um, when you have this many soldiers, it still turns out to be a little expensive, but it's worth it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. guys do like a stripes uh, fund where like, um, uh, according to your rank, like you're supposed to give a certain amount of like dollars per month just to like go into a central fund for stuff like this? So a lot of those are now illegal, Tristan. <laughs> not allowed. Uh, by well, yeah, you would, you would know. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's called a, they call it now a flower and cup fund. And essentially yeah. you can give as much as you would like to um, for donations. Um, yeah. And we haven't started one of those yet. We've just been kind of doing stuff and making it happen. Um, because I have a lot of junior um, service members in my formation. So I'm not going to go and ask my junior service members because they'll think that, um, you know, first aren't said it. So I got to do it. And it's like, even though I would say, no, it's yeah. Like, oh yeah. Do. You got to be careful. I'm, sure. I'm not, I'm careful. not even crossing that bridge. So no, yeah. I haven't done it yet because again, it's for them, not for me, <laughs> for, for my going away, my final going away, whenever I got out of, uh, Texas, um, <laughs> It cracks me up, dude. Like, I I have no idea how people and and some of my friends still like misspell my name. They think my name is Tristian T I A N instead of T R S T A N. They misspelled my plaque. That's with amazing, Tristian. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, imagine how bad my. Last name gets misspelled. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But, See, your yours is worse than mine. But a funny thing was, is like this is my second time as a first sergeant when I left Georgia. Um, they misspelled Jeffrey on my going away. I'm I'm guilty of doing that every once in a while too. Yeah, yeah. So they did that though, and it's on the permanent thing. And and the funny thing was, is they tried. Um, you know the the my old commander was trying to get it redone, and they just yeah. did one piece of wood, and I would have to like pry off the glue off of the wooden because it's a giant wooden first iron ring. I had to like rip it off and it actually like that piece of wood is like a piece of chintzy balsa wood that they uh. that they burned it into. And it doesn't look as cool as the original one where they misspelt my name. They just put the name like large. <laughs> so they messed up the reprint. <coughs> and then in transit, 
to mm. the island, it actually cracked as well. So I have like a cracked, fixed spelling of my name. It's um, cut your losses at that point. I was like, I'm not fixing it. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> like it didn't bother me anyways. <laughs> I thought it was cool as shit that he got me something. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, it's the thought that yeah. counts. And I'm not, like I, I'm not like, you know, poo-pooing like the <laughs> fact that I got this going away plaque. I think that's awesome of them to do it. I just thought it was yeah. funny that they misspelled my name, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, the thing is, it was cool. And he also did um, a base that had some Nintendo stuff in it. And I thought, oh, uh, hell yeah. Hell it yeah. might have a question block on there, Tristan. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to steal it then. Mm-hmm. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still pretty nimble in my old army age. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be my bad back versus your bad back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, they're gonna the the army wants to try to train me with heavyweight training for my bad back. It's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, that sounds him, totally intuitive. I'm gonna let them go deep down the rabbit hole and see how far it goes, Allison. Well, we'll we'll see what the VA offers me after. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just more <laughs> ammunition. Like that's what it sounds like to me. Um, I mean, in the best case, it works, and I have less pain. But sure. I don't think that's how it works when there's no, no. cartilage. But yeah, no. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um. So a couple other things in the news. Um, one was pretty interesting. Um, are you tracking the PlayStation Portal, Tristan? I am. Um, and, and the the lack of availability, thoughts? which is kind of surprising to me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that it would sell as well as it did, but you can't find it. Um, you know, in in um, kind of typical fashion for these like. Uh, designer goods, especially something before the holidays. I'm sure a lot of people are snapping them up, both bots for reselling and then people are, who actually want to put it under a tree for somebody. Um, they're trying to like snap them up and, and get them. But th- if you look for one right now, you can't find them. That's crazy. Um, and I've been seeing multiple reports of it being laggy as hell. The gameplay is not one-to-one. Um, sure. I almost consider it like the Wii U of perfect analogy because um because i know that like you don't have to be in the same room but if you're closer to it on the same network it works better and it works better with certain games depends on how they're optimized and how high def they are and what they're pushing it's an interesting thing and i'm i mean we were talking on a previous episode how i'm going to get rid of xbox game pass because i'm just streaming it over my network is the same Mm -hmm. deal sure um I don't feel like technology in the household is quite where it needs to be for this type of device to be optimal, to be optimized, to work well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because if I sit there and I want to take it to a Starbucks and hotspot it off my phone, um, it's going to be pretty laggy. And you know, yep. if it, it what it does is um, when something's laggy, it's not like it's not like graphics or any of that, but it breaks your immersion of what the game is supposed to be from what the developers intended. Yeah, so, it's it's frustrating on 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 another level too because like you know you can feel that lag, you feel it. Yeah, it just feels off, and I know it's the audio syncing too that's not quite right too. Mm-hmm. Um, now some people super high speed internet and super high speed areas probably are okay. Um, it probably, you know, does well. Um, I'm tracking too that it only does games. It won't do any of your apps. So it's not like you can watch Netflix off of your PS5 on your device. Nope. Okay. I did not know that. And that's uh, even worse. 
And it also, for my household, would not fix the couch to television issue that the Wii U was good for, the Switch is great for, the Steam Deck's great for, which is my wife watches all of her apps on the PlayStation. So Yeah, and, and you can't run them concurrently, so... No, you can't just play a game while, uh, on the portal while you're watching something on the PlayStation. It, it's literally playing the screen that you have going, which... If it and then if it doesn't use the any of the apps, it's it's kind of limiting as it will be. Um, very yeah. similar to the Vita and how it used to um, only play certain games back in the day. It wouldn't play all your games. Um, somebody later hacked it and then it did everything. So maybe we'll see something similar with the Portal. Um, yeah, it's um, it, it's a handheld full of potential at this point. Um, Mm-hmm. Hopefully, and, and you know, I have no idea what sort of processors running inside of there. If it's if it's literally just a screen with a streaming uh, device, um, I think that's it. Well, and, and in that case, someone's going to have to really sit down and break down to me why this thing even needs to exist. And I, I realize that there are a ton of YouTubers out there who have. Um, you know, put their opinions out there and actually said that there is some merit. But uh, again, um, at that point, if you're in your own household, why the F are you not sitting in front of your television that's hooked up to your PlayStation 5? Well, I think they're all trying to use it, you know, outside or virtually. Um, ironically, I didn't even know that this was different than the controller add-ons you put to your phone. I thought they were the same, man. Yeah. I was like, because there's this other thing, the PlayStation Q or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. You, uh-huh. you put it on your phone. I thought this was the same thing. It was just PS5 controllers. And then I looked at it. I'm like, oh, this actually comes with a screen. That's pretty mm-hmm. neat. Pretty nice screen. OLED. It's not OLED. Oh, it's not OLED. Oh. I heard it wasn't OLED. So I was like, it's not even. I got something not surprised, but. Yeah, so it seems like this is kind of a um, a not rushed to market, but like more of like a testing the market product. They want to see how it does. It's it's confusing to me. It's so confusing, dude. So you know what it is? It's the Wii U of PlayStation products. Yeah, like, but it, I mean, it just seems like it's like set up to fail like immediately. Well, like and. It's- I think that Sony might be trying to embrace the digital only marketplace. Um, the one thing that it's missing and I wish it had was some type of internal component. Um, because if it had an internal component, whether it be a cartridge like the Vita had, which was nice, but an internal component that you could download from the eShop so you could play things natively on there. If you could yes. do that, we'd be fine. But then it needs processing power. Then it, it won't be tiny. It won't, you know, it wouldn't work. Well, it's. Hey. But okay, so but th- this it's coming out in a time during the uh, the Republic of Gaming Ally and Steam Deck and like you the name Lenovo Go, yes, you name the the handheld computer. Basically, this is the era of those handhelds, and this is a completely neutered. Just it's a screen like. PlayStation had an opportunity here. Sony had an opportunity here to have a a Sony branded uh, competitor in that landscape, and maybe they didn't want to do that. But man, it feels like they they're just like dipping a toe in there, um, and, and it's weird. It's weird. Like it doesn't it 
it doesn't solve a problem that exists in the household. I've uh, may, maybe maybe if you like go to the bathroom and like you just can't stand for those five minute or however long your bathroom break is. I've more five minutes for me. See, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, for some of it's it's an event, but I mean like. That's the only thing that I could argue. Maybe, maybe. Just use like, your phone. You, that's what people yeah, do. I know, but you. that's the only conceivable thing that I can think of where this is actually like giving you value. You take it to the bathroom and, <laughs> until you can go back to your couch. <laughs> I can't possibly wait. I yeah, can't. I, I can't live without, I don't know, fallout or whatever the crap. Fallout. Nice. (laughs) Um, No, it's it's just very interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't know who it was made for, how it's going to work. But it's interesting. Um, So the other thing that I caught in the news uh, over the last week was, um, are you familiar with Game Maker, Game Maker Studio? Um, No, not really, not intimately. So so Game Maker is a, a... a more user friendly version of something like a unity or something. And Mm. I think that this announcement was in response to unity, trying to do that uh, pay based method. And so Mm. they are completely releasing game maker for free um, as well as all of its bundles. So they have like different bundles to create different types of games. Um, And it's going to be free for non commercial use is what it says so i assume if you want to commercialize it there's probably a fee or something like that Mm -hmm. but um for non-commercial use this will allow creators to you know learn and create games in a free construct um try to get london to get it maybe and she'll uh start making some games or something that'd be pretty i i love that i mean you know if if we could clone ourselves and you know like uh, Je- Jeff and Tristan number one continued working on books and stuff, and then Jeff and Tristan number two like go and make some games. That'd be pretty fun, but <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, um, I mean, I have dipped my toes into Nest Maker back in the day, NES mm-hmm. Maker, because I was I was backer number one back in the day on the Kickstarter. Um, and um, I definitely dug in. I helped. I worked on a game um, with a couple other guys and based off my daughter's drawings and all that, it was fun, but it took a lot of time. And I was a very simple broke mess style of a platformer that I tried to make a little bit of a Metroidvania. And it was, it was cool. Um, Happy Scrappy in the Haunted Mansion was the game. Happy Scrappy. Oh, Puppy Scrappy. Um, But yeah, it was a, it was a fun one. It got a little, um, it got an award or an announcement as the community because we had, I had London involved. So it got a shout out during the very first bite off. Um, Didn't win an award or whatever, but it definitely got a shout out on the video, which I thought was pretty rad. That was cool. Um, And yeah, it was a fun thing. And then later on you see um, all these new NES games where they have their kids involved, which I think is really cool. Like your Kubo threes. Yeah. Kubo three. Yeah. Doodle world. Doodle world. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And now skate cats, which is also crater. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Give me, give me more of that. Yeah. The kids getting involved in, in these games. is just awesome because their imagination is just so awesome. Well, and the coolest thing is too, is that the kids don't know the limitations of the system. So they just say, I want this. And you try to figure it out within the limitations mm-hmm. and that creates creativity, um, which I feel like is, is super fun. So yeah. yeah, that was, um, that's, it's definitely an interesting thing. And, and hopefully with this game maker being, um, you know, free, hopefully it allows, you know, a little unlocking the potential of some designers and getting more creators out there. We can only win. We can only benefit from that. 
Sure. And, you know, Roblox is a thing and it's been a thing for a long time, but um, this, this sounds a little bit more robust, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, London's all about Roblox. She's doing that all the time. So yeah, cool. Yeah. My, my daughter's obsessed with the Roblox. That's, I didn't even see her like half the day. Like she came down like, <laughs> twice. My, like, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> You're cool, man. Um, so the last thing that I have in the news, which goes over to Hagen's alley, um, is the Metroidvania Chronicles has launched on Kickstarter. Um, super fun. Um, got the, you know, we've talked about it in a couple episodes now, very big uh, spreads. And as of this morning, which would have been like the second day in, it's fully funded, Tristan. Oh, dude. Yeah. I was, yeah. Uh, I, was I was trying to cheat and like look it up, but oh, I, no. I saw yesterday that it was, it was getting there. It was close. Awesome. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, this has all been based on the awesome support of previous backers and previous readers and everything mm -hmm. else. Cause I'm not doing any type of paid marketing during black Friday. It wouldn't make any sense. There's not enough money to put into it and it would take away from the book. So doing it yeah. grassroots style, letting it go where it will go. Um, and it's doing awesome. It's great. It's, it's and the thing was, is you know, this book is 150 pages. It's going to cover multiple generations of Metroidvanias, including modern and legacy games and retro and unconventional games like Robot Name Fight, which we, you know, helped release for premium. Um, but it's a super cool thing. And what I didn't know, Tristan, was there wasn't just one book coming out on Black Friday. There wasn't just two books coming out on Black Friday. There were actually three authors that published books or released pre-orders for books on Black Friday. I don't know if you even knew that there was three of them, including... I, I assume Friday. a couple of them are Press Run. No. No, no really? Press Run just did a bunch of... Uh, Deals. Yeah, they had a they had a sale. I know. Yeah. That, so um, one of the other ones, which is, um, you know, somebody uh, that we've worked with with premium, which we had our ads in Switch Player magazine, um, mm. the Game Book Color launched on Kickstarter the same day, which is Game Boy Color, um, you know, every single game, um, box art and all that stuff for the mm. Game Boy Color. Okay. Um, the original Game Boy, um, the game book that um, Paul did, Paul Murphy. Um, was really awesome. It had a bunch of cool, fun stories in it and super high artsy style um, book. And so this is the follow up. Um, him and I are going to do like a cross like promotion, each promote each other's once we, you know, get like a week. Very or nice. Something. Um, cool, dude, though. And yeah, premium. We had ads in Switch Player magazine back in the day. Um, last issue um, was we mentioned on the podcast, but I had the last issue here. Um, but he's moving into more books now. And so super cool. Um, cool. The other one was of an art, an author, and a whole series, and a lot of books that I didn't even know existed. And I don't know if you've heard of this person either. So it's um, it is called Lost in Cult. Lost mm -hmm. in Cult. And so essentially, they've done hardcover strategy guides for video games, <laughs> um, as well as vinyl, as okay. well as. Game Boy Collector Books. Um, and then they have this series called Lock On that they do. It's a magazine series, and their sixth book 
is now up on their website for pre-order. They've not, they don't go to Kickstarter, but they're up on their website for pre-order and it looks super hipster and artsy. It looks really cool. Um, there's an opportunity to get all six volumes of the soft cover version, but then they have pre-orders for the hardcover version, which is pretty Mm. cool. Um, so I definitely think that there can never be enough books out there on video games. Yeah. So it's super cool to see others. I wasn't tracking that they were all releasing it. I would have like, you know, cross worked it or something. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you, you like rewind to like 2010 um, when I started doing research on like uh, my console book. And, and whenever you looked up like video game books, the only person that ever came up was Brett Weiss. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. And, and and nowadays, yeah, like, dude, bring it on. Like, I, I, uh, there, there are a lot of series, and I, I can't believe in all of my research, I never came across Phoenix. Yeah, Leonard never Herman knew it existed. Did it? I mean, my, my thing is knowing Leonard though is probably due to just how he promoted it. He, he did it on the East Coast, and it didn't really, mm-hmm. you know, he probably did it old school style where people over there knew, people in the know and the communities knew about him but yeah. not a whole outside of that. Cause once I saw him on the East coast convention, I'm like, why, why is this? Why does nobody know about this? Like it's wild. And well, I'm uh, honestly, but at the same time, I'm glad I didn't know about it because it absolutely didn't influence my own book, which is a direct competitor to his. Oh yeah. That's very close. Yeah. That's yeah. very, very interesting. And he's on his fifth, iteration now and he keeps mm-hmm. on updating it and just doing bigger and badder and i have the very first ones where it's like a thin little pamphlet that he's got yeah i've got four bound. i've got phoenix four yeah yeah i, I got I, the the switch version my, my slight opinion here i i really wish he would have gone with a something that, that was a little bit more on the nose because if you hear just phoenix you have no idea what that book is about nope nope and that could be another piece too um that why it's we're only learning about him as we're ingrained in the culture mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, you know, it's, it's a very interesting piece. He, I think it's Rolenta presses his um, company that he uses that that's his company. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, he, he has done an interesting way of, of getting after it and he still, you know, made something super freaking cool. Yeah. So it's, it's great. Um, yeah. Is, is awesome. And, and Leonard's such a nice guy, such a good dude. Like never met him, but I'd love to meet him sometime. Yeah, because I think the first place that I met Leonard Herman was at the ColecoVision Expo. Oh no, Coleco Expo! Um, I was invited (laughs) as a guest. I was there with, um, and this is (coughs) Mr. Coffin. Um, (laughs) And this had nothing to do with um, the Coleco Chameleon at all. Oh, okay. this is this is that's political. that's where my mind went. Of course it did, Tristan. You're a troll on these poor people. Now, um, now, oh um, yeah, it's such a troll. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, it's uh, Coleco Holdings. So the guys who yeah. own the actual piece, they're the ones that did the uh, the Coleco handhelds, like the yeah. new uh, arcades yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. Um, those guys are the ones that ran the Coleco uh, convention. And I was there, I was with Patrick Hickey, which he's went on to do a couple of video games, sports books, mm. um, and some comics. Um, I was there with Antoine, who did the ColecoVision book, and Lennon Herman was there. And I'm pretty sure Pat was there. Pretty sure mm-hmm. Pat was there. Gotcha. Uh, maybe not, though. 
I, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> but we did all we all did a big panel together, which was super fun too. It was a fun, uh, a fun convention. And that's where I met Leonard. And then when I went to a video game con in New Jersey, actually, because he wasn't going, I invited him to be a part of my table. So we he actually brought um Ralph Bear Bear's brown box with him and his books. And like I had my books on a Amazing. table and we had his stuff there and we just hung out and he sold some stuff and got his name out there, which was very fun. And listeners, Old. if you don't know who Ralph Bear is, oh man, please look him up. Ralph Bear. A lot Bear of people still don't know. <laughs> the godfather of video games. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's he's the man. Yeah, the original, original brown. And there's only a few brown boxes that exist. Mm-hmm. And one the other one that I know of is in the Smithsonian. And the other one was yeah. on my table. <laughs> Which is freaking wild. It's like mind blowing. It's like like I like we didn't have it set up to play because that would have been insane setup because I don't do any power. But um, yeah, it was it was cool to hang out with um old Lenny the Legend, Lenny the Legend. Mm. <laughs> oh man, oh, what else are we missing? Anything else in the news, Tristan? Mm, no, I mean we uh, like I I, I think twenty twenty three has uh, uh kind of spent all of its bullets as far as like um the the amazing the the crazy releases that came out of this year Mm -hmm. i don't think there are any more left unless i will um you did want to talk about some handheld stuff that you saw online um whereas like i saw a crazy handheld and you saw crazy handheld we're gonna cross talk about that i think that's the last thing Mm -hmm. yeah Um, sure um it was uh it's it's a plug and play console i was at like cole's Okay. Um, and these things pop up all over the place. Uh, it, it, this one was made by My Arcade. Typically, huh. they were made by At Games. Oh, that okay. sort of. I mean, it's it's the same kind of quality, but um, it's this like Atari uh, Game Station Pro. I think it's what it's called. Uh, that has like fifty or sixty built-in games. Oh. Um, but you see these pop up every once in a while. And there are a ton of them. I've got an entire section of them uh, in, in my console book. Yeah. But, um, like, I can't believe they keep making these things, and I can't believe people keep buying them. Obviously, people are buying them. That's why they're making them. Yeah. Well, and there's so many, like, cheap Chinese knockoffs and yeah. things on Amazon. And so I had alluded to that I saw something that I was thinking about buying, and it's $40, and I haven't yet. And here's what I saw. It is a joystick player series of arcades. Huh. And this is just Galaga, which I think is cool. But look at the little controller. It's a like that's branded neat. controller with the sh- it's just neat. And you know, that's a full I I figured that's the size of our hand. <laughs> so you can play that on a tiny yeah. little screen. It reminds me of the little handhelds from when I grew up, when you just have mm-hmm. like a little handheld thing. Now this thing I could sit here and play Galaga. It's probably terrible to play on a tiny little screen, but yeah. Um it just looks really cool. That'd be something that'd be cool to sh- sit on a shelf and then play every once in a while. That kind of stuff I feel like is neat. I don't know who makes it. It just says joystick player, Galaga collectible game. That's all it says. Collectible. It's collectible. Yeah, it's collectible. collectible. Well, I will say one thing about these, uh, these plug and play consoles. Every once in a while, they'll surprise you with the pack in games. Um, yeah. For instance, um, there's a at games legends. I think it's legends two and it came out in like 2020. Um, it's the only 
way that you can play uh, without emulation or, or having the arcade board. It's the only time in the United States that uh, Tetris Plus 2 was released yeah. is on this on this plug-and-play console. It's very interesting. Um, and it's the same with uh, the um, Sega Astro City V, like the mini little cabinet that you can buy. Yeah, It has a bunch of shooters that have never been released before outside of the arcades. Oh, that's cool. So it, it does. Astro City V is the one that tw- tilts, right? No, that's the uh, Taito Egret. The one this is the oh, one you're thinking of. The, Egret, the V yeah. is set as as a vertical tape oh, mode. That one. I didn't buy the tape mode version. I have the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, that's a cool one. Shit, I need to buy that. <laughs> but yeah, it's got this amazing game. It's called uh, Armed Police Bat Rider. It's a, an incredible shoot 'em up. That but it, cool. it's the only time it's ever been released outside of the arcade. You know, um, a nice little Hagen's Alley um, tidbit. I actually, on this channel, did a video talking about that game in my single credit that review. That game? No yep. way. Yep. Awesome. Um, and single credit reviews was kind of what we do for Bullshit Homework with the deck where I pick a random game. I was yeah. in my old coin ops on my Xbox. I would hit random while I recorded and then play it and then talk about it as like my experiences and that was bat rider was one was that's one an incredible of game yeah it was fun as hell i was like i was very surprised and mm-hmm. yeah so i played bat rider before i actually know that game and nice. those that are on the youtube channel here can can search for bat rider on the hagan's alley on the vgbs channel <laughs> and if you want to play it at home uh either emulate it or uh you can grab the uh the mini v the mini astro v. city Astro City Mini V. Craziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Craziness. Craziness. But yeah, like these handhelds, um, really cool. And they'll keep on selling. And as we get more and more powerful handhelds out there, like the Steam Deck and your Asus and your Lenovo's, um, you're going to have major companies doing big ones. And then you're going to always have the knockoffs trying to make a quick buck with emulation. And the same rips yeah. and same builds of all of the 10,000 games on there. What what absolutely pains me though as a, you know, a, an author of a console book that's um uh, you know, and the more these things come out, the more outdated my book is. So uh now nah, you're good. I, I, mean, I know I know a third edition is in the future, like far future, but in the future. So, you can do the Leonard Herman keep on doing editions or, or a supplement an addendum. I would love, yes, that, that's that's what we'll do. We'll do an and you do an addendum of everything that's missing. Even if you missed something in there, you know, <sighs> like that giant arcade um, of the um, the one arcade boards that are have a have a console with little sticks in there that, we, that I showed you. Um, yes, the, the, like the EXA. Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. the EXA Arcadia. The Exa. Um, oh, I want one is, of those. Oh, me too. It's not that's even dope, dude. Little, it's, it's, like so it's like buying a damn car. It's like buying a car. So expensive. It's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's Neo Geo nowadays. Now, hey, Neo Geo, it's like it's like car. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, like you're talking thousands of dollars to get all the games. Like it's yeah. There's no, there's no way. Um, I love the form factor though. This, I mean, it's like a. It's, it's the games are a stick. It's like yeah. a memory stick. It's weird. It's so cool. And I, I assume that once these things are out of print, they're out of ma- not done making them. They're going to be impossible to find. Oh yeah, um, it's going to be like Neo Geo times a thousand. 
Yeah. Um, we mentioned retroware. I know retroware has an arcade on the East coast and they have uh-huh. one in there, which is super cool. That they, they have one, um, which if I had an arcade, I would 100% have one in there. Yeah. Oh, it's cool as shit, super, dude. Super awesome. Um, so niche. But yeah, that's why you just do the addendum though. And you go, here's all the things that we missed. Yeah. Um, you know, I did a lost and not forgotten in the second issue of the second book of the switch collector because I missed rocket league. And I just put it yeah. in there instead of re-releasing volume one, it's in volume two. It's there. So you will have every game for the switch. It just may be out of order. Or if I miss something, I miss something. It's nobody's perfect. Um, yeah. And for you, time will always keep on bringing out new stuff, man. That's oh, I know it. Well, and, and for now, um, I actually like have, have a, uh, a, a blog page on my website, vgcollectorguide.com that mm-hmm. uh, is a section that is an addendum. It's a digital addendum that I update all the time as these things come out. And it's good to keep track of too in the blog Mm -hmm. so you don't forget. Because that's, I mean, that's where, like, you know, I did the NES oddity as well, the homebrew games, which I had every single homebrew up to Nestmaker. And Mm. um, it just, it's out of control now. There's, there's no, like, I didn't keep up with it because there's no way. When Nintendo Way's leaving, your repository was gone. So you had some that went to Video Game Sage. You had others that went other places. Um, and so, and the nest maker community is, is madness. So it's, yeah, there's no way to, to keep up with it. So I decided to do highlights when I did my NES definitive edition. Yeah. But that's the way to go. Do the highlights, man. Um, let's see. So should we talk about what we've been playing or should we go to the episode um that we're going to be talking about the art of tackling the backlog i think i think they're they're pretty similar in in nature but let's talk about the backlog okay so um and this goes back to uh near the end of 2022 um and i was sitting there um trying to figure out i have this giant backlog of stuff um as we had mentioned before um, I had been playing and I actually have a, a backlog um, list that I've maintained since <laughs> 2010, since 2010, uh, I've been maintaining that's impressive. a list. Now I haven't been keeping up with it. And um, I watched a YouTube video of a guy who, who decided to get through his whole backlog in a year. Um, and he just didn't update to it. Um, in November of this month of this year um, where he failed and he had to change this whole thing. Um, But I, it gave me motivation to update my backlog and I have multi facets on how I do my backlog. And it'll be an interesting thing as I go over exactly how I tackle my backlog and go through it. And you can see if you do something similar or you do something differently. Mm -hmm. Um, But just simply um, logging your stuff in a list is freeing. It frees endorphins. It allows you some type of completion outside of actually having time to play the games because as many pro- projects as we both have at the time during most of this year, you were working as well. And now I, and I'm working full time and now you're working on projects. Um, we just don't have time to play as much as we would all like to play games. Um, and so what I do is I do a multifaceted way and I'll I'll go over like different stuff in here. Um, I'm covering up our screen so I can look at the backlog. But essentially I have my normal backlog of games. So it's my backlog games. Um, and in the backlog games, I have the name of it. 
I have the console that I'm planning to play it on, estimated yeah. length, which is on how long to beat, how oh, long it wow. estimates to play it, my excitement for the game. So if it's like an S tier, an A tier, if it's a B tier, if it's a meh, whatever. If it's anything under a B, I'm probably not going to track it. So I don't really care. Um, if I've started it, and then notes or a reason why I've paused it. Mm. Um, and then when I get to completing it, I put, did I roll the credits? The year I beat it. My rating afterward, based on my assignment, the rating, the reason why I finished it, and then was I blown away? Was it a stunner? Like I was just like overwhelmed, um, let down. Is it too long, too short? Did I like the story, the gameplay, both? And was it worth my time? Yeah. So I go a little bit in depth on there in that. Um, that is one of my tabs. Um, and then I have. If I, I allow myself, and you absolutely can do this, is I move it over to a paused tab or long term. So if it's not in my current backlog, I'll move it over to the paused. And that means that I was planned at one time, but now I've paused it. And I do a reason why. That's where the reason why I paused. Mm -hmm. um, so if it's like, you know, something like something we play for the podcast and I haven't went back to it, I'll move it over there. And then I have a completed tab. So when I complete it, I actually move it over to the completed tab and then I fill out all the information, which also gives me a nice completion feeling once I've done it. I document a little bit of my own pieces. Um, just by doing this, and I'm looking in here, I went from completing three games in 2022 to completing 14 in 2023. 14 games, which is awesome. And that isn't all the ones that I've played. Those are the ones I beats and then there's ones that i played and paused which is cool um i have another tab that are all my classics my favorites so these would be games that i consider like i've beaten in the past that i would are you know some of my favorites of all time that i'm gonna go back to and and i can yeah. always go back to um so yeah. for example like Symphony of the Night, like I, it's in the classics. Now, if I beat it, I'll put it in the completed again. So there'll be some <clears> games, like throughout the year since 2010, Mario 3 has been in there a few times. Like every time I beat it, I'll, I'll toss it back in. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a new tab that I created this year too, which is PE Sign Games Backlog. So it's games oh. that we've signed that I haven't completed. Um, and what I'd like to do is go over the games. So the games that are in my backlog, the games I've completed, and then ones I've paused. Um, but have you tried to tackle the backlog, Tristan? And like, how do you keep up with yours, or do you just kind of like go with the flow? I have. Um, so whereas you keep a list, I have a section in my game room, a shelf, where the games live. Because I, I don't typically have like unless they're digital and whereas i'm just gonna have to remember um That's everything on my off. backlog actually just sits in like it's kind of like an inbox i like it <laughs> yeah your so, physical inbox yeah it's a physical inbox uh, cool. most of the the games on my in in my inbox are, are on the playstation 5 right now huh. um, and interesting this one's actually going to be added to it real soon here <laughs> after I log the, you know, because I don't know if you log your collection, uh, but I use uh, Collectors with a Z, uh, the app. I've been using it for probably 15 years now. Um, so I used to, um, and I've done different apps and then they go away. 
and I've had to rebuild mm-hmm. a few times. So um, I've went from doing my own in a document um, and I was maintaining a Google document with all my switch games as I was collecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't updated it in a couple years uh, cause I, I slowed down my collecting. So um, essentially I'll have to, when I move, I'm going to have to do a whole categorization, especially adding the retro ZM Kyle's retro ZM to my collection. It's just going to be a massive project undertaking. Might yeah. take half my life to document everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, you know, back to my backlog shelf. Yeah. Um, it, it, it kind of, it, it, eats at my OCD a little bit because, you know, I've got Sega Genesis games out of the Sega Genesis like section or whatever, but yeah, but having a section by itself, it motivates me to put them back in the section that they belong after I beat the game. You know what I mean? That is kind of a a reward. (laughs) Yeah. Like bothers you until you finish it so you can Uh earn to put it back in. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you know you you were talking about how uh, you've got a day job. Uh, up until recently, I I had a day job. Yes, I'm going did. back to school for graphic design, so I've got a little bit more time on my hands than I I'm used to having, uh, which has been taken up by my book. I'm 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 in a sprint to the finish line right now, guys. I have three count them three out of like 120 um, game console libraries for this book to to complete. Just three more, and I'm done. And I can put the finishing bells and whistles and all this stuff on the book and send it to the printer. I cannot wait. That's but awesome. um, yeah, after that, I'll have some more time. <laughs> you know, gonna start another project. I'm sure. That's just well, and I'm sure we have premium design to get back caught up on that too. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's been kind of on the back burner too. So, well, we've um we've been in a, a pause as we get into a pre-order window. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. so we got the tail end of that. But yeah, no, we got that popping up. No, it's um. It's fun. And the thing is, is too, is like the other thing we got to talk about is keeping the backlog fun to do and not be a chore. And that's kind of where I went over the last year because like I only completed three games because I just would get into this paralysis of choice, (coughs) um, which is like a classic VGBS, the paralysis of choice. Um, I would get into that and I just wouldn't play. I wouldn't play anything because it's scope creep. I would just have so many games. I wouldn't play anything. Um, whereas now it's a, it's a multifaceted differential piece. Um, so what I would like to do is go over, um, first of all, like what is currently in my backlog, Mm -hmm. what I have paused, and then we'll jump into what I have completed. Um, and when I go to what I've completed, that allows to transition to talk about, um, some other stuff that we've played recently that we probably both completed over the last week, like a uh, Mario RPG. So, like, <laughs> um, so we'll talk about that too. Um, and now <laughs> as we go in here, we'll, we'll chat, we'll chat about the games and hang, hang out and, and talk about the fun portion of it and why I haven't finished it or what I'm working on. Um, yeah. So first things first, the backlogs right now, and these are ones that are in my S tier. I'm only going to talk S tier cause I got a few in here. Um, number one that I have been working on, uh, through 2023 and I haven't beaten yet. I played on and off. It's on my steam deck as emulation. It is retro game challenge. Trying to play it again. Um, beat it back in the day. It's in my old backlog of completed games, but I started it again because I wanted to replay retro game. So good, man. Um, the one thing I never did was I never beat the final challenge, which is beat complete every single game. 
mm-hmm. in retro game challenge. I never did that. Um, then once I do that, I'm going to finally move on to retro game challenge two, which I never beat. Um, so I have, I have not oh. beat it. Nope. So I would like to go to that. So that is in my list. Um, that is the first game that I have in my backlog. Um, another one I started and I had to restart it again. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the game blossom tales. No, um, is a Zelda clone where he plays a girl and the grandpa tells the story and the girl mm. talks about it. Well, there's a sequel blossom tales two, Um, and I started it up and I had to restart the game, but essentially you have the girl and her brother and it's like this minotaur King that you're going against. And it's like perfect Zelda link to the past tribute. It's amazing. Zelda like, um, the fact that I had to restart it is disappointing because I was pretty far in the game, but there is that piece when you pause a game and don't get back to it where it feels like you need to restart it because you don't know where you are. So mm-hmm. I kind of was in there. Um, so anyways, Blossom Tales 2, great one. Um, RPG time that we've been talking about on the podcast. I can't wait till my, I get my freaking copy. Yeah, RPG time. I have been, um, I have been playing. Um, RPG time is a cool one. And I'm still in the works of it. Um, and Sea of Stars is still. Yeah, oh yes. Oh, gosh. haven't paused it yet. Haven't paused it yet. Um, one that I'm looking to maybe pause in the future because I still haven't went through the little bit of time it takes to beat it. Shredder's Revenge, Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Haven't moved it down yet. Um, and then um, Terror of the Hemosaurus is the final game that's been in my backlog. Interesting. Um, Terror of the Hemosaurus is created by Loren Lemke Games, the same guy who did Super oh, yeah. Blood Hockey. Um, mm-hmm. It is essentially like Rampage, but with physics-based buildings that you can knock down into things and crush things. And um, It's not one that premiums uh, look into sign or anything uh, because I think it was like, like they're signed with Digerati or something's going on with that, so there was no opportunity for Terror, but the game's fun. It's been, mm. um, I, it's another one that I had to restart um, in my backlog. And yeah. uh, the only other one that I'm doing is the one that we're going to do for bullshit homework that we'll talk about at the end, which is the save me, Mr. Taco. Yeah. Um, Taco taco. Um, then the PE signed ones that I haven't beaten is Eagle Island and Eagle Island twist. Um, so I haven't finished lonesome village. I haven't finished Raji. Um, you know, Anuchard, which is not up for priority yet, but I haven't finished that. Like, I'm working yeah. on it. Um, Sunshine Manor that came out. Like, I got to finish. Sunshine yeah, Manor, Manor. I need to play through again because I'm doing that strategy guide. I've, I'm done with the uh, Camp Sunshine version uh, part of the strategy guide. Now I have to do Manor, which will yeah. take me a little bit of time, but I need to End replay of- it so it's fresh. And then there's like six other games that we haven't announced that. I've definitely, um, I've definitely not beaten yet. And I try to beat everything that we have. Um, so it's an interesting piece. Um, so the games that I've paused, which are interesting ones, and I'm only going to talk about the, the, not only will I talk about the S tier, but I got some long-term ones that I, I paused from back in the day too. Um, so Kirby in the forgotten land, um, Mm. that was the big open world Kirby game. I just paused it and never went back to it. Um, wasn't super interested in going back into it. Um, Metroid Prime Remastered. I paused it. It's in my paused. Yeah. I not went back to it, man. 
Um, that is the one that we played here on the, the, you know, season five of VGBS. And I just never went back. Um, Oxium Verge two, um, kind of got lost. Um, didn't know where I was. No guide could, I couldn't find myself even with a guide. So I kind of mm-hmm. paused that one. Um, crazy Metroidvania game. And then there's this game called frontier hunter Ezra's wheel of fortune, which is another like big one on my steam deck it's like a 20 hour game that i just mm. never went back to um the weird ones that i've paused that are crazy though um dragon quest 11 s on the switch oh. back back in the day this is an old switch mania playcast thing um i had played it i got all the way to the first major ending where you get a time jump and everything I never picked it up after that. I like beat it. I was like, all right, I'm done. And it's only like half or a third. I think it's only a third of the game or something. It's like an 80 mm-hmm. hour game, dude. Um, so the fact it was, is like I had a good complete story. And now like, if I pick it up, I got to like continue on for like seemingly forever. So that's one where I get a little bit of like paralysis in it where I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, and then another one in the similar story, another big one is ease eight um on the switch it's like lacrimosa of dana or something is is ease eight um (laughs) but it's another long one where i got to a certain chapter done and i didn't pick it back up um Mm -hmm. super fun though really and these games are excellent i just haven't went back and then i got games that are down the tiers i didn't go to the b's or the c's or any of that stuff dude pretty crazy is there anything that you've dropped off of your backlog tristan because i was like as far as my backlog goes, yeah, um, there there are a lot of them that we've talked about. Um, you know, this year during the podcast, like the Legend of Bumbo, I need to keep yes. replaying this because the more you play it, the more you unlock, and the harder the game gets. Um, so that's definitely one that's fresh on my backlog. Oh yeah, Bumbo. <laughs> The only the only game right now that I have for my Xbox Series X that uh, I, I want to play some more of is, is Goat Simulator Three. Oh yeah, <laughs> silly game, but very fun. That is actually something that London and I we played it on family game night with my wife, and we were playing oh, two very nice. mode on Goat Simulator One on the Switch, though. Uh huh. Yeah, it's super fun though. Very cool. Um, and then we've got uh, Gal Guardians, which, you know, obviously we played for VGBS homework. Um, and I, I want to beat this game eventually. Okay. Yeah, that one is is a lower tier of excitement for me. So it's definitely not one. I think it's on the paused for me right now, but it's not mm. an S tier. Yeah. Uh, one game that whenever I picked it up uh, earlier this year, um, I, I put a lot of time into it and I it, it kind of dropped off. So this one's on the definitely on the backlog and and teetering on like I'm not sure if I'm gonna pick it back up again. Stray. Ooh, okay. I've heard that, that is fun. Especially it's the re- cat yeah, I, I have a cat cat dad. So it's it's really fun and yeah. cute. And then you mentioned this one was also on my backlog, Shredder's Revenge. Okay. Nice. I also like didn't put much time into it. I really want to because it's an amazing well, game. And it's like I could play it on the phone too. Like you can play Shredder's Revenge on your cell phone. So it's like, what do I? I just need to play this my Switch version and just knock it out. It's just one. Mm-hmm. Can we play online together? Uh, yeah, we should be able to. Let's figure I that out. So. Let's just yeah, let's definitely just do that That'd on a weekend. Fun. Let's just do it on a weekend. 
Yeah, that'd we be need super to do fun. That. Yeah, maybe we could start an online <clears throat> bullshit thing. Yeah, like we gotta figure it out though. Like, <laughs> yes. And then uh, every once in a while, and I only uh, grabbed uh, like I've got a bunch of them in. I, I've got an entire shmup backlog as well. Um, okay. And one of them that looks really interesting to me, it's called uh, Yuru Kill Ooh, on PS Five, and it's like part story, part shoot 'em up. It's re- it's oh. like this hybrid. It's weird, but it's very Japanese. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I've got R Type Final Three. Evolve. Nice, very cool, very love cool. R Type. And yeah, then yeah, uh, yeah. Raiden Four, Raiden Four, Raiden Four, which I need Raiden to pick up or play. I, I picked them up, and I I think I probably popped them in the PlayStation Five and played it for a little bit. But I love sitting down and actually beating these games. Oh, yeah. um, the one game, and you mentioned, you know, like the the ones that you go back to over and over again. If if I end up having choice paralysis with this backlog, there's one game that I always go back to, and it's always going to be on my backlog because the replay ability um, is just off the charts. And uh, this latest iteration of the game, I I have yet to hundred percent, and I will at some point hundred percent the Binding of Isaac. Oh yeah, that's a classic, man. Yes. Huge fan. Oh man, it's it's like seriously, uh, my number two or number three favorite game of all time at this point. Freaking awesome! Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, that's like part of your collection. You said that's like on your physical shelf that'll bother yeah. you until you remove them or something. Yes, that's super yeah. cool. Um, yeah, and the thing is, is that like you know, there's a a bunch in here. You had mentioned some that we played for homework. Like they are, they're jumping down here. Like there's a ton. There's a ton of games, man. There's so many. It's crazy. The other thing that I do, too, is I put in there how many hours my backlog is projected to take. Um, And (laughs) it's um, I do a a total. So I have 55 games in my current backlog. The current one, not the paused, not the premium. Yeah. Um, It's 770 hours just in through A through B, S through B. Um, bro. Yeah, and like premium, I have at least 20 hours, but there's more because there's brand new games that don't have a time to them. Um, my pause though, I've saved myself 1451 hours mm. of paused games that I haven't wow. beaten. It's it's wild, dude. Um, but moving on to the games that I've successfully beaten, which is awesome. Yeah. Um and the thing is, I go all the way back, like I said, 2010, I started. And this was like after I got back from deployment. I'm jealous, um, dude. I started documenting. And you know what the funny thing is? You mentioned shoot 'em ups. The first game I ever documented was Mushahimi Sama Futari on the Xbox 360 in 2010. Bug Princess. Yep. Yep. That was the first one. And then the second one, Espagluga 2. No, very nice. Yep, and then moving to the Wii with Contra Rebirth and Mario Galaxy, like that was, that was like back in the day. Now, of course, I only added those categories we talked about earlier this year, so th- none of those that data is in there for mm-hmm. like the games that we've done. Um, but the interesting piece is so, um, so going back 
first game that I beat this year, um, which was at the very tail end, like almost a year ago, like December of 2022, that bled into January. Um, game called Rogue Heroes. Did you hear of Rogue Heroes? No. Um, Rogue Heroes was released on the Nintendo Switch. Um, I want to say it was Super Rare Games did Rogue Heroes. It plays mm. a lot like Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, but it's Rogue style. So you're supposed to die. Um, yeah. I never died. I just keep playing and keep doing mm. fun stuff and going over and over again and getting further and further. So um, it was a really, really cool game to jump through. I call it the roguelike Zelda. Um, and then why I finished it, addicting Zelda style gameplay with a great progression. So it felt like, you know, in a roguelike, you got to really feel like you're getting more powerful. I felt yeah. like it hit that perfectly. Um, and apparently you can keep going back through like multiple times. Like after you beat the whole Zelda game, like I'm going to wait a year or two before I go back to it. Um, that was the first one. Um, and there's only a few games until we get into VGBS. Um, <laughs> um, no, no. Okay. So the next one um, that I played, um, Daddish. You ever hear of Daddish? Mm-mm. So Daddish is a platformer game. It's a very simplistic, fun platformer. Um, and essentially play as a dad radish uh-huh. and um, you go through and it's like single screen platformer and you avoid all the obstacles and you get to one of your radish kids and they say a quip, a funny dad joke, something like that. Oh, um, no. And there are three of these games. I just beat the first one. Daddish two is in my backlog. It's like at a B tier of interest, but um, the switch also <laughs> release something that I play almost every day when I have a time. It's called Daily Daddish. And essentially, uh, you can only play one level a day, and everything else is locked. So like today, yeah. if I log in, it's a different level than I played the last time I played. And you mm-hmm. play through it, you beat it, you can get a star up to a star based on time. The regular Daddish isn't really timed, so there's no speedrunning aspect, but this one's timed. And if you beat a certain one, you get stars. You get 10 stars, you can unlock a costume. And essentially... Yeah. It's really fun, though, playing through and it rack and stacks you online versus other people in the community and your friends. And uh, so Daily Dadish has been something that I've been on and off playing um, when I don't have a major game like Zelda. Because I took a long pause on that mm-hmm. when I Tears of the Kingdom. As I never took that. I never stopped that game. I never I didn't want Zelda Tears of the Kingdom update. So I never closed it the whole time I played it. So, no. yeah. Um, The next game that I played and beat was a little game called Love 3. What's that? (laughs) Love 3. So, yeah, (laughs) that's the first first premium game. I think the first, is that the only? Yeah, that's the only premium game I actually beat this year. Mm. Um, And, you know, we signed it, so I definitely wanted to play. It's Pixel Perfect Platformer, really addicting. Now, I only beat... Love three on our cartridge is love one and two Kuso and, and some other modes too. I only yeah. beat love three. Um, the next one that I beat, which was in my A tier, which is bread and butter. I replayed it on the switch. Um, and then on the steam deck as well as double dragon four, double dragon four. Um, and that is a tribute to double dragon two with some aesthetics of double dragon three. Um, and I love going through the tower mode to unlock everyone. And I keep forgetting that you're a double dragon, like uh, a fanboy, you know, like that's, I mean, that's awesome. Like, but yeah, um, I, I always forget that. Yeah. Cause like Kyle and I could go through and, and no death run co-op double dragon two and break the world record. Like him and I could like do that on a whim and mm-hmm. double dragon four was something we covered on video game bullshit and is a super fun game. I got a lot of hate because it wasn't double dragon neon. 
And I just enjoy it for what it is, which is, you know, Double Dragon 2 themed beat em up. Um, yeah, and I put in here, like, why I just needed to add classics. I, I just wanted to, to play it. Um, you, you know why I like Double Dragon? Why is that? A Bobo. I fucking love a Bobo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that oh, that yeah. character is so fucking cool. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And I liked it in Double Dragon 4. They had like tons of Abobos in it. They're everywhere. Yes. Um, next game that I played and beat. Um, it is a platformer called Cave Crawler. Mm. Um, this was one of the first ones of the year that was on my randomizer on my Steam Deck. So I, you know, pop on the Steam Deck, hit her on random, and I played through it. It is super short, so I was able to beat it in almost one setting. Um, yeah. but it was very, very satisfying. Had an aesthetic kind of like Love 3, where it was very basic style, white on black platforming. Um, but it was really good, really fun game to play. I had it at a C tier for a rating, so it wasn't like super high on my list, but mm. played through it. Yeah. Um, now you're getting to where we could see. Um, this one was our first bullshit homework. Dead mm-hmm. Cells plus the Castlevania DLC. Did you actually beat it? I beat it. I don't, didn't only beat it once. I beat it three to four times. I, I ended up beating it. And we, I think we talked about it on the episode. But every time you beat it, it gives you a vial and it makes it harder. And then it makes it harder. And it, mm-hmm. So I was in like yeah. expert mode by the end. I think I was in the fourth tier of beating it. And not only did I beat like um, I beat dead cells and beat the end boss of that. I actually beat the Castlevania DLC and beat Dracula too. Cool forms of Dracula. And that game, I haven't been addicted in, in, in like a roguelike game. And so since fry robot name fight, it was so mm-hmm. fun. Um, definitely one of my games of the year for, like, and we'll have a ga- episode of games of the year, but it's like one of mine that I played and beat like one of my newer ones. Yeah. Um, Cause I remember you had trouble. You couldn't find the Castlevania section. Yeah, It's ridiculous. Yeah. It I played glitch. it on, I played it on Xbox series X and it, I, it never jumped me into the Castlevania stuff ever. I have a feeling that that version just didn't get updated. Apparently it just not. wasn't there. It just wasn't there. Um, that's wild though, man. Um, so, the next one is an interesting one because it, it came in right before a certain giant game came out. Um, this game is called Wire Walk. Wire Walk. Um, it's an action RPG. Um, I call it a tribute to Link's Awakening. Simple but addicting. And it was on my mm. Steam Deck, but it has like a Manila ice cream cone style color to it, and it's okay. a super fun, addicting overhead Game Boy Zelda. Like really awesome game. And that was my teaser for the next game, which is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Never heard of no, it. Uh, no notes, no reasons. <laughs> I just have it in there. <laughs> there are a few games where I didn't put any notes in it because I'm like, it was Tears of the Kingdom, man. Um, I still haven't went back and gotten all of the shrines. And I've really, like, since I moved into my house here, I haven't fired it up because. Jeff, someone- I've. I've got a, a love hate relationship with that game. I love it. I love it. Yes. There's nothing. There's nothing that I hate about it. I hate the fact that it's a life consuming game, and I fell it off is. the face of the earth while I it was is. playing it. So good. <laughs> so amazing. So worth it. But, um, those are like that one and Breath of the Wild are like my once in a lifetime games. Um, mm. But 
I did tackle Breath of the Wild in a different way. It's it's not quite in my backlog, but it's more in my classics, my comfort food game. And I yeah. have it on my Steam Deck in Dolphin, and I put it so you can't break weapons, and so I can just run around and like okay, destroy yeah. things with sure. like with no weapon breakage. And that's how I've been. I was doing that before Tears of the Kingdom, and I haven't went back since Tears because I I need a a year a year to cleanse my palate probably. Yeah. Um. That is probably the good thing about Tears too that they didn't do DLC because <laughs> it would have just brought us back in. Um, I uh, I'll tell you right now if they decide to you know backtrack and say that they're going to do DLC for Tears of the Kingdom, I'm out. I'm out. Oh, I, I won't I, be. Yeah, they'll suck I'm me out. right back in, man. I am a I'm a fool. I'm a fool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will do it. I will absolutely do it. Um, no, sorry, Nintendo. And and so right there, that that line right there is probably my like summer, right? Because that was our summer was tears. Yeah, uh-huh. it was tears summer. So we got in there. We're doing the podcast, um, and tears kind of took over. And then this is like in between before we started to go to the bullshit randomizer homework. Um, I did have a game right after that I wanted for my palate cleanser, and I don't know if we talked about it, but my palate cleanser was Super Metroid. Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past randomizer. The yeah, com- we, we briefly talked about that, and that's such a cool, cool concept. The yeah, fact and that someone put that together and made it work. I was very surprised that I beat it because there's apparently ways that you can like soft lock yourself in multiple areas. Mm. Um, the, the version I have is pretty good about it, but like also it's very cryptic. Um, and you go between Zelda to Super Metroid and back and forth, and if I recall oh, right, cool, I had the man. same character in both. I had I used Samus in both, so I could attack mm-hmm. with Samus, and then I could do the other stuff with Samus. It was either that or I used a different. But then I have a second one that I have on my Steam Deck that is you're like the guy from Among Us. <laughs> you run around with a gun, like uh-huh. a handgun, and it's hilarious. Um, but I beat both bosses via emulator, so that's the one thing. Um, now, there is a leveled-up version that I want to try, which is also key randomizer with it so it randomizes all the keys in all the chests so you can get keys in chests and, and the key could be unlock something in super metroid that's a locked door that wasn't originally locked in super metroid oh, okay it's that seems like nightmare mode to me um but i think maybe in 2024 i might jump down that rabbit hole that was a fun one though that was a, a surprise because i had heard about that but it was so fun it was so great it was the best of both worlds i've awesome. i've never played a game like that but i've i've watched people play that on twitch it's a lot of fun to watch someone play that it was especially ridiculous. when they're going for a world record yeah those dudes are geniuses too mm-hmm. um so the the next one was a game that i beat that i i swear i beat back in the day but this is the Switch version. Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Mm. Um, so I had picked it up because I know when it came out, I had initially played it on and off. I just picked it up, put it in my Switch. I was like, I'm going to play something. I played it and I'm like, oh, I'm pretty close to beating it. So I ended up beating it and um, did not do the Star Road or anything, but I did play through it. Um, and that was probably to get some hype for upcoming Mario game. Yeah, <laughs> just the um, contrast. A little bit. Um, next one was a bullshit homework. Um, Xeno hell. I had played through and beat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that was a really fun one, uh, that shoot him up. And there's, you know, also Xeno dine that was mm-hmm. also there, but Xeno hell was the one that we played for homework. So that's the one that I ended up beating really fun. Shoot him up. Yeah. Um, 
Then we jump into the next homework game, which was Midnight Castle Succubus, the classic Tristan playing that. <laughs> Did you see how many views we have on that one? Dude. <laughs> on YouTube? Like, Dude, what? That... What the world? <laughs> Sex, Sex dolls. dolls. <laughs> yeah, like, that's insane. But it's yeah, funny. Midnight Castle Succubus. Maybe we got to play more porn games on video games. Yeah, apparently so. Damn. That, that's our real house. That's our that's our uh, our secret to uh, success, I guess. <laughs> well, and like I wrote in there, play the SFW version. Um, the thing is, I call it Castlevania Two done right. It's awesome. It's addicting. Amazing. It's, perfect, it's so good. Perfect yeah. amount of progression. Uh-huh. Um, the the you know the the hentai is unneeded to enjoy. The no, game. yeah, the the extracurricular is completely unnecessary. Yeah. And the safe for work version adds like legendary cool looking bosses to it too. So yeah, I mean, there's that. Um, <laughs> after that, Mario Wonder beat Mario Wonder, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. So we're getting closer to the now time. Um, mm-hmm. Mario Wonder was awesome. It was a fun experience. Um, I probably not gonna go back and get all the seeds and do the Star Road. Um, that one level in the Star Road, I died like. 30 40 times and i keep hearing about that i have not played that level yet no i'm okay like i just if i had beaten that it might have been too easy though so i kind of like that they did that but i'm also not going to go back um the next one which was a homework game that tristan didn't play um dyna gears mm-hmm. yep <laughs> Um, and that one you just put in coins until you beat it. So I just I literally played it until I did it. I'm so disappointed in myself because it, it looked like so much fun too. Yeah, it was fun as hell. Um now it was super repetitive to where my thumb hurt at the end, but you know, because yeah. I was just sitting there tapping the shoot button a lot and doing uh-huh. all that. Because there's an auto, but then when the auto bar ran out, you had to like tap the button real fast. Ouch. Um now the next game. Is a remake of a classic, but easier. It's called Super Mario RPG. Mm, mm, and mm. so literally Friday night, I decided to stay up till 3 a.m. and played all the way through, all the way from where I was at Booster Tower. I played the rest of the game. Yeah. I played for hours. Um, ended up um 11 hours is what I beat it at. Um and in classic, you know, VGBS gaming podcast fashion from episode 50, I think I was in level like eight or something when I got all the way near the end to the cake level. I'm um, in Marymore and <laughs> I was in I was in like the 18s when I got there this time and I crushed that cake in seconds. Fighting raspberry. Raspberry. Um, and you fight the clowns and you fight all the stuff is so cool. Um, so the one thing is I got some notes from that so we can like follow up on Mario RPG. Cause you know, it's a little follow up to the last episode yeah. that we recorded. Um, one thing, one little correction, there is the classic intro, like the super Nintendo on. Yes. Version. I, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I let it, I let it run and I noticed that too. Because um, I don't know if it was at the very beginning before you play it the first time. Cause I let it run and it didn't. So I think once you play it, because when you first boot up the game, there's no sword in it either. Yeah, exactly. So once I did that, and then when I went to replay it again, I was like, oh, the intro happened. So I was like, cool. So that's a correction is the intro is there. And it goes super in depth. It shows you spoilers and everything. It's a shit that I wasn't even in at that time. Um, Booster Town, though, I never noticed in the Booster Town um, the treats in his tower, Booster Tower. Um, so when you go and you're doing the curtain game, there's a little box that has little treats in it. 
and it has Samus in there. Oh yeah, that's new. Uh huh. That's and new. it's not new. It was in the Super Nintendo. Well, I mean, it's, it's better it than graphics, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but also Rob the Robot was in there. Um, Stunt Race FX was in there, and Discoon from the Famicom Disk yeah, System was in there. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't. You couldn't see those back in the day. You could see no. the Samus. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all underneath the um, Princess Peach doll that's there. Yeah. But that was I thought that was super freaking cool. Now, went through, beat the game. Um, and then I went back, because you can continue to play with a new game plus. And I went back mm-hmm. and I beat um, our the little guy in Monster Town, the little um, Jinx. samurai, Jinx, the little, little guy. Um, beat him all four times or whatever. Got the Jinx belt, whatever that is. Um, and then I went to Culex and I beat him. I beat Culex, which was super wh- fun. Wh- which Culex? I went to the one in Monster Town. Which one? The one in Monster Town behind the door. <laughs> so now that you beat the game, yep. Um, this is something that I I figured out. Like I thought I was done. And then I went back on YouTube and I I went to watch one of my favorite streamers, Ryukar, play. And I saw some footage that I was like, what the crap is that? Yeah. Uh, There are rematches. There are boss rematches, Mm -hmm. including Culex, who comes back in 3D. Yeah. So I beat the original Culex, the classic. Yeah. Um, okay. Where is the boss mode area at, though? Because the one I'm not I, quite sure. Because the one things I haven't done yet, and I'm probably not going to do. I'm probably done. It's probably out of my switch now. Mm. Um, I didn't do the. I didn't go unlock the casino. Um, yeah, me neither. Star, to get the star egg, and the star egg does um hundred damage, damage every time you use it. And yeah. I had stuff that was giving two hundred damage. Exactly. So. It's. I was I was okay with that, so I didn't unlock the the that whole area. So I don't know where the reboss matches are. Um, but I, I don't remember. That. Cause but... I fought jinx. I fought an extra version of jinx. Uh-huh. And that was just at the end. And to get that. Um, uh, so let's see, who do you rematch? You rematch, <sighs> man, I don't remember off the top of my head, uh, but I mean, there's a list out there. You, you can, you can look it up. Uh, reader or uh, listeners. You can look it up. But and and I'm I apologize if that's spoiling anything for you, but my gosh, it blew my mind. No, it's um, cool that there's an extra version. Yeah, dude, it's it's insane, and, now, and I think you actually fight Booster um, at one point as well. Nice, you didn't you, do now, before. Now you um you beat Culex the first one. I did. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, it, um, that was the only time in the whole game that I died. I died a couple times playing oh, it. I just wow. off the RNG. He got me. Um, okay. I didn't kill any of the, um, and I'm at level 26 right now. I'm that's all I'm at is I'm at, does it still max out cap out at level 30 or can you go past level 30? No, it's, it's still max th- level 30. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm at level like 26. Um, I didn't grind after that portion. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, the first time I was fighting him, um, they just kept on, um, frogging or yeah, no, it, it, everybody into mushrooms. And so yeah, I, uh-huh. I I swatched swapped that out um with the mm-hmm. um the little pins so that way I could get rid of the um the mushroom thing and then I could just use peach to heal and then I just attacked and started killing the the actual uh, crystals and it was super easy. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, I I saw I saw Culex in 3D it, during his playthrough, and I was like, "What the expletive is that?" Because I had no idea that was a thing. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I I had no idea. Um, you know, it's just part of the new game plus, but um, they added content. Where they're at? They figure out where they're at. So yeah, yeah, I'm that would be interesting. That. that might get me to uh, pop it back in real quick because, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Very interesting, though. But yeah, it was fun uh, going through. So that's why we didn't uh, have a bullshit homework for this episode anyways, is because we knew we'd both uh, jump back into Mario RPG until we yeah, did it. Yeah, so. for sure. And then with projects and all that, there was there was no chance um, yeah. that we were going to have time to, to tackle a new game. Even though I say that, and I have one more game that I completed. You know, <laughs> Since that? Since that. What Since Friday. Heck? What did you play? So I sent you a picture of a game called Comic Comic yeah okay Striker so you played that all right DX, and i played yeah. it um i call it a float former not quite a metroidvania float but a float former. former action game so it's like um if you would play contra but you can float everywhere so there's oh. a few there's a few games that it reminds me of there's one on the um the famicom that i used to play and it's like you play this as a like a little ship and then you can like transform into another ship and you just float around. But this game, you're essentially um, running around, floating around, um, and it's heavy on shooting and dodging. So it is a dodge mechanic similar to Xeno Hell. Uh, no, not okay. Xeno Hell. The other game that we played, what was it? The Striker game that we played on the PlayStation. Um, that was Oh, yeah. Well. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it escapes uh, me. But we played it for bullshit homework, and it had the dash move. So this character, yeah. you're like you're this little little doggy, and it, it um you go against, and he's like very tiny on the screen, but he floats all around, and you can shoot at blocks and blow him up, dash through it. There's wall power ups, oh, cool. um, a lot of Metroidvania things, but it's not a Metroidvania. It's there's you go into a mission to fight. And um, you go through it screen by screen, clear out the screen, get to the next screen. Um, in the middle, there'll be a boss fight, and they're pretty big-ass bosses, which is really cool. And then you get to the end, and there's an epic like boss battle. Um, it is five levels total in arcade mode that I played it in, and then I unlocked a ninja at the end. Um, so mm-hmm. it's meant for multiple playthroughs. But I beat it. I beat my one time through. Um, now, for some of the notes that I took, the music has an NES Capcom feel to it. And I feel like it'll be, we'll be using the music from that during this episode, just cause it sounds cool. Like I got yeah. an intro song I'll use and stuff. Um, you have to dodge and it makes you um, invincible as you do it, but it has a recharge. So you do the dodge and it has mm. like three little dots. You can go dodge, dodge, dodge. Um, but then it has, it takes a second uh. to recharge. So I was strategically using the dodge once. So I'd always have one or two in reserve. So if I need to use it, and so the enemies would do bullet hell, like your bosses would do bullet hell style barrage patterns that you'd have to waves, dodge through yeah, and huh. waves to get through. And then it would dash at you or go around or te- and then there's certain like snipers that would, like teleport and snipe at you. And it was super satisfying. Um, one limitation that was interesting, which, you know, probably it, it was done by design, which you can only shoot left or right. You can't shoot up. You can't shoot to the sides and you're floating mm. around. So you have to, but you can dash upward and the dash can dash through things like walls and bricks and stuff. So it was like a very unique aspect. Um, and like the Y button shoots left, the B button shoots right, or you can use the right stick and click it left or right to shoot. Is, is the game isometric or is it uh 2d? It is 2d. 
complete 2D, 2D, like a Metroidvania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of like Cyron and some other like games yeah. where you're like in space shooting. Super, super cool. Um, but it goes with mission, so it's not open world at all. So it's not a Metroidvania. I gotta stress mm-hmm. that since I'm doing the Chronicles. Um and there's multiple difficulties, and it does give you a grade based on how much you die and um how long you take. So I think I got a B for my entire run. I played it in easy mode, but then there's a normal and a hard mode that you can also play it in that turns up the the difficulty. And I think it adds extra obstacles and stuff for you to dash through to make it more challenging. And there's a boss rush mode. Um, it's so after I beat it, I unlocked a new character, the ninja, a challenge mode, a labyrinth mode, and a boss rush mode. So this game's huge, and it has multiplayer. Damn. We can play Damn. together. We can play two player together with this like shoot em up game. Like the game has a lot of depth. I thought it was freaking badass. And I just randomly hit a button and sent you a picture of it. That's all. I yeah. did. <laughs> and I started playing it. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to play it. Um, that one was cool as hell though. And then there was one other game that I played on random, but didn't beat it. Um, it's called scoop kick. Scoop, scoop kick. And essentially it's like burger time, but instead of pushing burgers, you kick ice cream cones onto ice cream scoops. Mm. Um, but the thing is all the enemies that come after you, like they're like strawberries and blueberries and whatever, or grapes. When you kick the ice cream cone, it runs over and turns into a blueberry on the ice cream cone. And then you go on there and you get, you get bonus points. Um, yeah. And so the thing is, it's a little bit more fun to me than, um, burger time because there's so many ladders. You can kind of like goad the enemies Whereas mm-hmm. you don't get trapped as much as you do in Burger Time, but there's no attack. I'm like, terrible kick. at Burger Time. Oh, I am too. Like I use the pepper, and I, if I could play Burger Time with infinite pepper, it might be fun. Yeah, I I think Burger Time should have infinite pepper. Yeah, or at least more pepper than they give you. Like one, yeah. Um, and Scoop Kick, you can kick, but you can't kick the enemies. So I didn't. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, I got to a bonus level where there was like little um ice cream uh, bars. And then the ice cream bars, like you, there's two spots where the enemies trap you. So I couldn't figure that out. Um, and you have like two lives. So yeah, I got through the whole first world though. It was fun. Got through the first world though. Fun. Not didn't beat it. Not in the backlog. Yeah. Like wouldn't sign it for premium edition games, but it was cool, mm-hmm. but it was fun. Um, but yeah, that was a, the craziness of my, my game playing. And, and so the, the cool thing about that was, and I, that was like a, you know, a very long, way to show how tackling the backlog is effective because I was able to get through games, have memorable experiences playing them. Some of them we recorded and gave it more longevity. Some we didn't. Um, but it allows an, a way to document what I'm doing, which is super yeah. fun. And it's also like a um, kind of appearing into that year too, which is pretty fun to see like where my experiences were. And you could almost like summarize the year um in in certain things which is super cool to do um but it's just so just a way to do it the thing is too is i didn't put a timeline on it because that was the guy the youtuber that did it he gave himself a year timeline he said that right there made it not fun for him like he was like i am yeah that's that sounds like the opposite of fun like yeah that'd be a job and for me it was just like i'm just gonna put it in the backlog and then if I pause it for too long, I just move it over to the pause and I don't have to look at it or think about it. And then mm-hmm. 
And then the other thing that's cool is on here, you can create your own um, collection. So I can create a backlog collection too. So I can toss other games. So there's other games in my backlog on the Steam Deck that aren't necessarily in my written backlog. Yeah. Um, that aren't that important. And now I can just click a button and remove or add. So it makes it fun. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I found that, you know, the, the game that I was just talking about with Comic Striker DX, just on a random thing, created a memorable experience of a fun game that might be a one for people to check out. Like that was a, a super cool option to find. Um, interesting stuff though, man. Um, so are there any games that you've actually completed that are outside of that realm? Or did you not document so you don't have a good backlog way of... I, I didn't document and um you know I'm man it's this is making me want to do it for sure. Yeah, and uh, it's just another thing too to recharge your batteries after a project. So I do it like in between writing or in between formatting. I'll go, oh let me go F around with the backlog and like mm -hmm. I go there and then I just update a few things and like every once in a while just to maintain it a little bit. And it just creates a, a nice little story. Um, that I can use because I'm also writing memoirs and stuff that I'll eventually sure. publish. So I'd like, but yeah, to I mean, like you. for for premium, I, I beat Love Three, I beat Eagle Island, I beat Wife Quest. Um, you know, as as a person who writes the manuals, like I I take it upon myself. I, I want to make sure that I know exactly what's in the game, which means beating the game. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I that's just uh, I feel like it'd be irresponsible not to. Um, responsible uh, really i mean it's it's my job with premium edition to write these manuals so i want to make sure that i understand the game as best i can yeah i mean it totally makes sense <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and yeah it's um it's just you know the the tackling of the backlog is a, is a fun little piece and the thing is is that then i i went down and whether it's worth my time and all that too i did that for like everything and and took loan notes just to just to give it a little thing because you know eventually i might be like all right let me do my you know the the vgbs book like we had talked about mm -hmm, and now i mm -hmm. have at least i don't have to like re-watch and re-listen to every episode to get yeah because you have a list i have a list and i can kind of pull pieces that i actually beat or didn't beat and why and it's um just a fun way to look at data and also it releases endorphins to just put it out there and put it down and for sure yeah it's a it's it's a different aspect for sure yeah i don't i don't know how i'm going to uh to log it but i, I think i'm going to start logging that stuff from now on i'll send you my um my spreadsheet you can oh yeah that, that that's perfect actually yeah yeah and any listeners if you want me to send you a spreadsheet i can i can send you a link to the spreadsheet too um so that we can check it out that way you get a starting point and you can then you yeah. know change it up for however makes sense for your brain because everybody's brain's a little different <laughs> um mm -hmm. but just really really cool um way that i have found that works and you know all the way since 2010 i've been documenting it now where the project took shape this last year though um after um kyle you know, passed away at the beginning of the year, I re-uploaded all the VGBS episodes up on Anchor. Um, Apple Podcasts only keeps 50 episodes on it. When that's how we used to upload. Wow. And so Anchor does them all. And so when I did that, I did all these summaries. What I also did was, is I 
had in there which games we had played and which games we had beat for VBS. So yeah. I had also done a documentation of what games we had played and beat for the backlog as well. So I could do the years and then I had the year that the episode was released. So that's perfect. So I actually had a way to get in the middle there for the podcast and the playcast too, which is super yeah. cool. Um, with the old playcast, I didn't beat every game too. So I, that's a bad documentation. Um, but yeah, with so many games though, it is, um, it is wild to think about how, um, how to do it. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, um, I, I, I'm I'm a little bit inspired now, uh, as, as you know, now that um, I hear the how you keep track of things, and and it's kind of surprise. I surprise myself that I haven't done something like that, um, uh, you know, already because yeah, I I know that I I don't have the best memory. I just don't. I joke around with my wife, like, um, like she remind she remembers like in like intricate details about things and i, I don't know sh- how she does it but like she always takes a bunch of pictures too she takes enough pictures for the both of us let's be honest but um i always joke around and say that uh, i don't need to take pictures because you know i just remember and, and, which is completely not true but on that same vein like you know being able to actually pull up a list of everything and and, and you know it'll it, it'll like pull back those memories um, of having played those games because I'm not going to remember uh, playing those, uh, and I'm I'm someone who lives and dies by lists. Like this is my list of of things that I've been working on for my book. Very rudimentary, but um, if I didn't have this down on paper, I there I would miss something. Yes. So, so that's just how you, my brain works. Do you want to see the other way that my brain works? Is we don't deal. I I'm going to send you a link to my spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. You and I, we don't deal in digital. No. So, where really. do you think my brain goes to with the backlog? I, don't I know. have an idea of making a book to tackle the backlog. Uh-huh. So, nice. I found something and I've been working on it. I already have a cool design. Um I started it in June, but I haven't finished it yet cuz it's been on the backlog. Ha <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> double bit. Yeah. So, this. Yeah. It's a beer, jur- it's a beer journal. Yeah. This is a beer journal. And then what you do is you log your beers that you drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing this and you can put little stuff in here. You can write little quips and stuff. But essentially, this allows you to rate your beer. I am going to do this for the backlog and create a backlog journal uh, for video games. I don't know why it doesn't exist already. This is the stuff where it's like, I already have the formatting. It looks pretty cool. But for me, I want it to be just right so it hits every little piece. And then you literally got a physical journal that you can log your games. So uh, you, you know how I said I surprised myself that I d- I'm not keeping up with this? I actually made something like that already. Like whenever I made I the first edition of my book. But it, it was just for like, you know, a handful of people. So I have a little little journal. But like to be able to have like something hardbound to write in, Yes. Yeah, and so that's I'm gonna make it really fun, like little cool things that you can put in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is like that's something where you know you play a lot of games, you can fill that sucker up real fast, and you just get multiple iterations. Yeah. I want to keep it very general and universal, so that way you can just have multiple copies of it. You can like number them on the spine if you want to, or whatever you want to do. I'm gonna leave this like a spot blank on the spine and everything, so mm-hmm. that way it can be completely customized to the person. 
um spot for stickers all that stuff like it'll be it'll be cool as hell um yeah and i'll i'll show you um you know templates and stuff like that i've already worked on in screenshots because i've already been working on making it cool um it's just it's just not quite it doesn't pop yet for me um, but i've been working on it and this is the tackling the backlog this will be in a physical way it was the same thing with my nes collector's book like i wanted a physical way to, to collect i don't like using online mm -hmm. apps so that's the irony is that I've been doing this for, you know, what is it? 13 years digitally in my spreadsheet and I haven't made a physical book yet of it. And I'm the book yeah. guy and I'm the book guy. So I will absolutely get it done. Um, probably after the, cause the Metroidvania is an ongoing series, the Metroidvania Chronicles. So after I put a bow on that um, and start, you know, I'm going to be starting the next one. I'll probably, I'm going to do that while I'm finishing it. One thing I wanted to do though was finish up my black box challenge worlds of power book, which is done now too. So now yeah. that I'm putting bows on projects, now I can jump into the next one. That's, that's a great segue for uh, talking about what I'm working on. Um, do it, do it. Yeah. So <laughs> once I finally finish uh, this, this month, yeah, I mean like, dude, I started it, in um, February of 2020, this uh, game collector's field guide. So it's almost been four years of work uh, on and off. Yeah, but still, I mean, you know, it's just keeping with it. Um, it's one little chunk at a time, and it's going to be this massive thing. But that'll free me up to work on something that I, I actually worked on before, and I have no idea if I'm going to be able to get away with it. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but... I have a Castlevania collector's field guide already written. I just have to reformat it and, and update it. So we'll see where Konami feels about that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. I know. Um, but on the uh, another thing that I had thought about is um, writing a book on game console launches. Um, anecdotes about how difficult... Uh, people's difficulty getting consoles at launch um, and just their stories about like waiting in line or whatever. Oh, I got stories, man. Oh, everybody <laughs> does, man. It's so good. Yeah. So like, I, I would love to hear other stories. Like, uh -huh. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh dude. my God. Like such classics. It's such a frustrating thing. And it's such a universal thing for us gamers trying to get the, 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 best and, and latest things that um, everybody wants. So there's always difficulty. There's always stories to go along with that difficulty. I just think yeah. it'd be interesting to have a book on that. Oh, I think that'd be super neat. And it you know, opens it up to the community to provide stories, which is some of my mm -hmm. favorite stuff yes. that I've done over the years, which is why yep. I always have on my Kickstarter, a contributor tier. Um, and it leads to like, even now, with Metroidvania Chronicles, like I have uh, people messaging me on like Twitter and Facebook and they're like, Hey, can I cover this game? And they're asking mm -hmm. to cover it. I'm like, absolutely. Is it a Metroidvania? It is. Yes. You could absolutely cover it. And you know, there are people that have contributed to previous books and they're like, can I, it's like, all you have to do is fit within the scope of the book. And yes, you can write about whatever with whatever aspect you want to. Yeah. Um, it just gives it a more personal factor. And that's the one thing I didn't add yet to the Metroidvania Chronicles is my own personal anecdotes yet. And I'm going to do mm -hmm. at least a couple of personal anecdotal stories to it because I mean, I got my, my 
Symphony of the Night story. I got my Super Metroid. I got all my my stories in there. Yeah. And like it's because I'm doing like more historical write ups of the impact of the games in the the Chronicles. Um, and then what I want to do though is still add into the back some quips. So and that's typically the only thing that's gonna take time with the books. The book's done. 150 pages are done and written. Yeah. All I need to do is add in any um, you know, backer stories. And then I, I'm trying to keep it under 200 pages. Let's see if I can do that. <laughs> For a magazine, a book zine. Yeah, a book zine. Hey. And you know, we had people asking, uh, am I going to do other chronicles? And I'm like, if people are interested, I'll do the shoot 'em up chronicles. No problem. Mm-hmm. I'll do the I call it the Zelda-like chronicles, but the action RPG chronicles, whatever. Like I yeah. mean, you could do genre by genre, niche things by niche things. The platformer chronicles would be amazing. Like it's like there's just so many cool genres that you could just dig deep into. That would be really fun. And yeah. I mean, somebody asked me, would volume two be a different genre? And I'm like, oh no, like. Metroidvania Chronicles is, is going to continue. I barely scratched the surface of this. Like there's so many games. I have hundreds of games that I haven't touched. And like, I have a list. I have a digital list of all the Metroidvanias that I come across. And, you know, there's the Metroidvania Kickstarter or Facebook group that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I think they said they were going to put up the banner, which is really cool of them. Up yeah. On there. So yeah. Sid, Sid, I actually know Sid. The, yeah. the guy that was actually talking to you about that. Nice. Uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. Like they had offered that. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I just shot, I created a few imagery and sent it to him. I think it was too like wide um, mm-hmm. for the image, but I still sent it over. I'm like, Hey, if you need me to edit anything, let me know. But um, yeah, it's been interesting. I did all the um, Kickstarter updates as well. Like the old project projects I did updated and I just posted, I used different screenshots based on if it was my NES book Kickstarter or if it's super Nintendo one, I used the <laughs> super Nintendo one or NES spreadsheet. Um, mm-hmm. So I use different. I, so those, those people that have backed multiple books probably got bombarded with some updates from Hagen's alley. But if you look, the screenshots are a little different in each one, little Easter eggs for listeners. We listen yeah. two hours into our podcast. <laughs> right. As they should. Freaking, freaking craziness. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's fun doing the projects. I think your um your game launch one's gonna be cool as hell, man. Um, and it'll it'll be like a good palate cleanser for doing the giant massive research heavy yeah. book. Now you get to do like a story. this one'll be fun. <laughs> that one's fun too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're fun in their own way. <laughs> uh yeah, it's this a, one's just it's felt like raw work sometimes. Yeah. Well, and and that's where it's like doing the um the switch collector in year three. All the research has taken so long that it has mm-hmm. been a slog to get through. Um yeah, and I think I'm in I think I'm in October now, and I started in March. I think I'm in October doing the detailed research on developers and publishers and everything. And it's literally like I'll do a few, and it'll take me like 15 minutes to get through a couple. Uh, but it's like an hour to get through like eight pages. This is a 600 page book or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just like, I'm just like yeah. hours and hours of sludging through just the, this is the abridged version, man. I'm not doing the write-ups. Yeah. And it's like, if I ever go back to non-abridged, that would be insane. It'd just be too many pages though. Honestly, uh, like, real, dude. too, too large. I don't want to do 2,400 page, uh, um now it's super cool though man and um so we didn't talk about it speaking of backlog um but the next 
game that we are playing for bullshit homework. Um, we yeah. alluded to it a few episodes ago, um, but save me, Mr. Taco Taco will be the first game of season six. Um, right. Now, for those of you that have went to the episodes and seen them on the podcast, um, this season was called A New Beginning. Um, you know, the new beginning. Mm-hmm. So we got to come up with a name for season six and what we call it. Once we start episode one twenty six of video game bullshit, every season had its own like little theme and we just came up with it at the beginning and rolled with it. And yeah. so maybe it could be Tristan tackling the backlog as a season, <laughs> but you gotta think of, we gotta think about a, a cool, fun, kitschy thing. A new beginning also uh, Friday mm-hmm. 13th part five. It's called a new beginning, and this is the. Oh, season. was it? Oh God! <laughs> you know, I, it's it's kind of a running joke with me and people who know me that like I I haven't seen movies that I should have seen because I grew up kind of sheltered. I, I grew up Mormon. Um, yeah, like uh, especially you know, so especially rated R stuff I'd never saw, um, and whatever nowadays. But uh, I've never seen a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Never. Oh, awesome. Well, yeah. then it looks like season six of Bu- v- VGBS needs to be Bullshit Lives. <laughs> Jason Lives. Bull- <laughs> bullshit Lives. Bullshit Lives. Hey, wait till we get to season eight and Bullshit Takes Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> bullshit in Space. Bullshit in Space. <laughs> now nah, it's part, part, uh, yeah, it'd be hilarious though. The the new blood, it'd be part seven. <laughs> no, bullshit X will be season ten. Bullshit X, yeah. Bullshit X. Now it's uh yeah, it might be uh might be bullshit lives is season six. That'd be hilarious. We just do Friday thirteenth freaking jokes for season names. <laughs> yeah, why not? And may- maybe one of these days I'll actually sit down and watch a Friday the thirteenth movie. I mean it sounds like <clears throat> sounds like a goal when we get together, man. Yeah. Sounds like a goal. I've watched them all. It's a million times with Kyle. That's that was yeah. part of the Phobos Militia. We did a whole history on Friday the thirteenth. That was fun. But yeah, um, I think it's time to put a bow on this episode. What do you think? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're at a couple hours, fun times. Um, definitely join us though for um for listeners for um Save Me, Mr. Taco. I'll be playing the definitive edition because there is two versions. Uh the definitive edition on Nintendo Switch. Um, I think it was released by Limited Run Games, but I will mm-hmm. definitely be playing my copy, which I think is right here. Yeah, look at that. I'm gonna put it into my Switch though to play it. Um yeah. And then we will uh, continue. Thanks, everybody, for supporting uh, Metroidvania Chronicles. It's funded and still picking up steam. Um, I used to do a joke, Tristan, um, and I had to stop it after the complete SNES. And it would be on Kickstarter. Your phone doesn't update every time you get a backer um, when when you launch a project. So what we were doing for the complete SNES, I did this at Let's Play Gaming Expo when I launched the first complete SNES. And what we did was every time we um, got a backer, we took a drink or a shot. Oh my gosh. And it exploded. And it was insane. It was like every two seconds, like, cause that book went viral. That book hey. went insane. And so I was like, it was weird. We had to stop that. And like, we could do that here in VGBS. Like, like uh, 15 minutes. Like we just had, I just had another backer. Like, ba-ding. Jeez, man! It'd be that'd be a fun, fun, dangerous game to play. You'll have to t- have you do a drink of ghost every time. Like, 
There you go. And I, dude, you know, like I know, you know, having having done a couple of Kickstarters now, it's so much fun just like watching and seeing those numbers grow. Like you can't mm-hmm. look. I mean, you can't not look. Is what I meant to say. You can't exactly. not look. And um, the other thing is, is that you know, next up is stretch goals. So I do um, mm-hmm. I do the same um art piece that I do for for the last couple. Somebody created me. Somebody awesome created me a um a for all the different stretch goals. So I just use that, and it's it's a quality based um stretch goal. I don't want to add anything that people would have to buy i add in quality to what's already coming out for the book and typically if i get a good quote i'm gonna try to do it for free anyways because it's all for free so i'm gonna try to do it um but a lot of this stuff costs extra money which is why the extra profit margin on the extra piece allows me to do the extra bonuses like end sheets and all the extra printing and all the extra pieces um i'll do extra bookmark ribbons and all the extra fun foiling and embossing and all the crazy shit that yeah. is super fun to do. Um, you know, I still have one guy that really thinks he knows how to, how to do printing and production way better than me. And he's still messaging me on, on, on Kickstarter. Like he knows uh, everything. And I'm like, funny stuff. I'm like, dude, um, I've only been doing this for almost 10 years now. It'll be my 10 year anniversary in 2024. Like, um, okay. I just, I haven't even argued with the dude. I just said, okay, man. Well, I appreciate it. Well, you didn't answer my question. And then he goes off on another tangent. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah all yeah. right, man. Like, it's all good. Like, it 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 costs money to do the things. And it's not mm-hmm. like we're printing tens of thousands of copies to get the books pricing down to ridiculous amounts. We're doing, you know, 500 copies. Thousand yeah, copies. we're hipster artists, guys. Yeah, it's like doing that, like about what we're charging is about what we're doing. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's been super awesome. It's always super fun and humbling. And it's like what I said from, I think I said it in episode 50 of VGBS, uh, the series two finale. And if a couple people, you know, one person enjoys what I'm doing, I'll keep doing it. That's what yeah, I said absolutely. on that episode. And that's still to this day. You know, if people enjoy what I'm doing and I can afford to make them, um, I will keep doing them forever i'll and if people and if i can't afford to print the books i'll do it in a different way digitally or something like i'll I'll still get my stuff out there just like we're doing the podcast um you know our you know our youtube we're not going to hit the algorithm so we're not going to get a crap ton of subscribers because we're doing this how we want to do it um and we don't care like it's if we wanted to we just do succubus games all the time and we get a lot (laughs) we're the we're the succubus podcast VGBS video game bull succubus. Yes. <laughs> bougie succubus. We are the bougie succubi. Yes. Um, no, but it's the thing is though, is that we would do it in a different way and we would have fun doing it. Like it's not going to stop creative minds. It's just not no. going to happen. But anyways, I think it's time to say adieu. Um, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next time. Later guys.
Thank you.